Hello and welcome to the Game Week 12 Blank Game Week Special Net That Hall episode. I'm, of course, FPL Nemo, and I'm joined by my co-host, FPL Lens. And Mariner's taking a well-earned rest, considering it's probably like 3 a.m. sometime in Singapore on Monday morning. And he will be back on Thursday for the Game Week 13 show. But without further ado, I thought I'd start with your Game Week, which when I had a little look on Friday, you'd already earned like 23 points just from two players when I checked. So <laughs> you must be having a great weekend. I just just Friday alone, I, I had a uh, a seventy plus percent rank rise from like one hundred and sixty k to forty k. Um, basically, thanks to Raya. Um, I mean, what, no, never expected it. Never expected a clean sheet in this one. Um, so I, I'd love to take the credit, but I can't take the credit. So I'll just take the fucking points and shut my mouth. Just run, run with the points. Um, <laughs> I guess in the chat as well, guys, let us know about our volume because I know last time Dred let us know that we were like one of us was much louder than the other. Um, do let us know if that's the case so we can fix it earlier for the podcast listeners, please. Yeah, just, just like keep in mind, like everything is that we're not used to going so early after a game weekends, but because of the quick turnaround, obviously, here we are. And so everything is like very much freshly baked, I think, for, for the show. So if, if there's anything off, uh, we're uh, depending on the haulers in the chat to, to let us know um but it's it's kind of fun to like watch the games and then come come right in and do a show as well while it's fresh, especially when it yeah. was such a big weekend um especially just the last fixture obviously liverpool beating city um salah getting that goal playing a bit more centrally as well it looked like um it's very exciting um ahead of this blank because obviously the big debate now is kind of how many players do you need to field how many hits is it worth taking should you use a free hit if you were wild carding in 13 should you bring it forward if there's disaster in your team i think there's lots of questions that are relevant for this week and then obviously on the thumbnail i've gone for the kind of the liverpool team and also trossard so that's kind of the captaincy debate i see many who mm-hmm. were going to captain madison that's obviously no longer an option um so we will try to um look at whether it is worth captaining trossard i'm just putting my gain up because i'm a bit quieter than you i don't know if you want to do the gain down like we did last time all right but yeah so just a quick few shout outs as well to a few people in the chat and then we'll get to the haulers so thanks for tuning in podno one of our members on youtube good to see you we've got fpl sparta tuning in live we've got adam doni fpl another hauler inaki senzano chris irvine asking if i ate your kids um obviously we were 10 minutes late i was eating and you were feeding your kids so I can see how he ended up getting to that conclusion. Um, Hashtag logic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, C-Hunt, what's up? Yep. Um, I think I got a 38-point game week. So considering Gabe had 23 points on Friday night, my 50% red arrow um, definitely stings. But, you know, I've yet to use my wild card, so I'm hoping that will fix itself. Um, Comb as well. Good to see you, mate. Shiraz, uh, Demi Rijan. I think hopefully I said that right. I'm going to start your question for later when we get to the Q&A at the end of the show. Um, good to see Gay. Uh, so Dread as well. He's saying that you're just still a little bit louder, so I might um, keep putting my gain up a little bit more. Um, and also just Salah the Samurai. How is it, lads? Yeah, good, good time. We've got three Liverpool fans that I can recognise in the chat from Dread, Salah, and um, mm. obviously Chris. So let's quickly give a shout-out to the haulers, um, and then we will get going. Um so super haulers, thank you guys for supporting us as always. Harbour Boy, Daddy Bot, Greenback Golf, Sarah Gatsby, FPL Robbie, and then the rest of the haulers, Akshay, Tursk, Seahan, FPL Penguin, FPL DG Boy, Lindsay, Davindra Raj, FPL Casuals, Tom, Stuart Fletcher, Mr. Twister, Blonde, 
Escotism, Firetog, FPL Teacher, Oscar Arias, Doni FPL, FPL Mike Halpin, Sean Burke, Jack Daglish, Nehal, Kevin Rose, FPL Safa, Podner, FPL Craig, Dread, FPL, and Dom. Nice to see lots of the haulers here live as well. Um, it's nice to go to UK-friendly time for me. I'm very happy about that, and it's a rare yeah. occasion. Normally, we go three hours after this, so thank God for that, because I need to go to the office tomorrow <laughs> to do my other job. Um, I consider this my full-time job, my real job, and that one is like, you know, my, my side hustle. So, <laughs> Well, you, you judge it based on how much time you put into each one, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, we can go at a, at a UK-friendly hour, thanks to... Um, we we made Mariner walk the plank for this one, so he's swimming in the, he's swimming with the fishes, as they say. But no worries, we still made him send the data. So, as always, if you find this episode helpful, please do hit that like and help the channel. Subscribe if you're new, and obviously, if you do become a YouTube member or a Patreon, if you're a podcast listener, you can join the Discord for a community of about thirty of us and get access to all of uh, Mariner and Gabe's data a few days in advance. Normally, obviously. Today, we've literally gone live before the data can even fully update. So that will be coming to the Discord soon. Um, mini league update. Obviously, the website hasn't updated yet. So <laughs> so I've kind of just taken it from FPL Game Week, um, what, what I could get hold of. So number one at the moment is Misclick, Torge Yosang. I definitely think I pronounced that wrong. I don't know if you want to give it a try, Gabe. Oh, wow. This would be a new one for me. I, I think you did a pretty good job. on. I, I would say... Um... Torjir Jesang. Well, hopefully they can let us know if we were wrong. Yeah, I, I hope so. It's always fun to learn. Yeah, so they crack 700 points, 715 points. Uh, the young shot is Chris Fee. He's 706. That's that's a liberal FPL right there. Oh, that is liberal. Nice. So he's obviously done a few episodes yeah. on one-offs and stuff on the channel with us. Good to see him back again soon, hopefully. We've got lots to score. Lottie Adele still sitting up there at 704. FPL Milanista, by Eid. Always doing well in every format, every year. God knows how he does it. Spain without the S. Payne, Connor Hunt, 703. Solso, Matteo Penaloza. Is this your son? That's my son. He's beating you. <laughs> He's beating almost everyone. He's like at 7K or some shit like that. That must be um, both a proud moment and a painful one for you. Um, when exactly. we overthink and they just make their own decisions pretty quickly and just buy someone and well, here, here's here's what i tell them um I, I tell them to to sort the players by ownership and then pick his favorite player with the the best fixtures look at the fixtures and pick his favorite player and how old is he just so the listeners can know he he's <laughs> he will be 11 on november 11th so he's cracked 700 points guys um the rest of us really need to do some catching up. I'm sitting on a net. I'm just going to have a look. 632 points. So it's a long way to go to catch him. It's nearly 80 points. Um, so that, that that's obviously a target for me now to overtake your son, hopefully, by the end of the season, because otherwise it's very embarrassing to lose to a nearly 11-year-old. Well, why, why do you think I'm putting him out there in front of everybody? So I hope every he's the target of everybody. It either makes him better or at least it helps me overtake him as well. <laughs> Yeah. So just enjoying sick with him. We have um, Toli, David Hood, 702 as well. Brokeback Mount, uh, Dan at the FPL Way, 699. Sane side up, Matt Pryor, 697. And in 10th, poorly managed team, Kiel Iverson, 694. Who knows? Maybe that's uh, Iverson, the goalkeeper's cousin or something. But um, <laughs> let's keep going. Um, 
we have a few more people in the chat i'm just going to quickly acknowledge before we get on with the show so i've, I've started some questions for later we've got akib's tuned in as well um we've got obviously he's still gloating over that victory from the netto that whole team that got me back from my betrayal running oh, my own. you know it and then we smashed it again this week how do you guys do this week yeah, so we ended up drawing 1-1. One, one. Um, I can mm. only blame myself because I had myself and someone on the bench. And last minute, I put us both in. And the people I took out both, I think they had a net of 42 points more than us. And we only lost oh. the squad score by like 15. Oh. So that 1-1 one, one would have been, we would have won the squad score. And I'm just a bit gutted by that. Um, second striker, they got one point less than the bloody goalkeeper on the opposite team. So we got one striker scored, one striker missed by one point. Our goalkeeper kept them out, and then, yeah, completely. Sounds, sounds like you pepped your team. I did. I over-tinkered. I've realized um, yeah. if I just stuck with the initial submission, we could have, we were fourth, I think, joint fourth. So we could have been coming up the table, but what a shame. Um, and quick shout out as well to Chris. Thank you so much, man. Um, big support as well. He's just become a hauler. Love to see you support the channel. Thank you so much. Um, and then anyone else here? So Nima's Arsenal escape today. I'm sure we'll get to that. Um <laughs> We've got uh, FPL teachers tuned in as well. Thanks for dropping in. Congrats on the 10-pointer from Raya. And then what else do we have? I think that's... Oh, well, Dred's just saying, cracking the rum open. We have a new hauler. Yeah, so welcome to the boat. Welcome to the crew. And make sure you get into the Discord. If you struggle to get in, Chris, let me know and I'll tell you how to do it. But uh, you just need to go on the Discord website, I'd say, over the app. And in there, go to user connections and set up your YouTube account and it will automatically add you in. So let's go to the philosophy of the week. Let's start mm. the show off properly. There's already 27 people here. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Looks like the UK friendly hour suits a lot of people, not just me. So glad to see a big turnout already just a few minutes in. But why don't we let you do the philosophy um, with as Mariner. I feel like without Mariner here, mm. I need to comment on the man on the toilet seat for any new podcast listeners. Come and check it out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're, we're going to need, I mean, somebody's got to be lost by these quotes. And with, without Mariner here, I guess that responsibility falls on you, Nima. Um, this week's quote for uh, FPL Philosophy of the Week for Game Week 12 comes to us from Robert Brault. And he says, we're kept from our goal, not by obstacles, but by a clear path to a lesser goal. And, and I, I think this resonated with me because of all of the um, I think immediate reactions that, that we, we tend to have to, to injuries, to benchings, to form, to, to all, all, all sorts of things. And, and, and sometimes we get, we get sidetracked. We, we lose kind of like the bigger picture. For example, like, uh, I'll take the James injury, for example, right? I, I think it made sense for, for a lot of people to, you know, to move, to, to move James out, especially after they heard the news, he was going to be out eight weeks. Right. But he wasn't really going to drop in price and a lot of people had cover. So maybe like that, that was like a distraction from a greater goal. And so in making that trans, that, that James transfer out, right. I think a lot of people are, are now left with hitting to feel the complete team this week or something like that, or having a suboptimal or, or not, not going for upside potentially, not making an upside transfer because you transferred in a second palace defender or something like that. Something that makes sense. Right. But that and and that's why it's a clear path, and and the goal makes sense. And but it's a lesser goal than that greater goal. So just just a I think um, a call to broaden our lens a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree. I, luckily, I did 
stick to the bigger picture last week. So I had Justin who could have come on for James and I thought having two free transfers next week would be good, which with Madison's yellow card, it turns out it really was. So um, you should have seen the celebrations of that. There was Madison owners cheering that Madison got a yellow card at the FPL meets in London because they wanted a reason to sell him for a hit. Um, so I'm glad I didn't make that mistake and I did get the Justin six-pointer. Um, however, I think at the same time, I've made mistakes earlier. So players like Foden, who I wanted to get hold of, I didn't because of the blank. He then had back-to-back calls until this recent blank. Um, could have even had a call today, right? So yep. I just feel like I was kind of thinking about this lesser goal of the blank and didn't think about the points that one of the best teams in the world could get me in the meantime. So I'm going to try and learn from that going forward. Um, that's that's exactly what happened to me on my wild card. I went with, you know, with I was going to go with just one premium and then spread the funds and go with, with Foden and, and, and all these players. And I didn't. Um, because of the blank. So I, I made the similar mistake of that following a clear path to a lesser goal. Yeah, I think it happens to all of us, right? It's just good to try and reassess once uh, the dust is settled and try to avoid doing it every game week because eventually <laughs> something's got to work for me and I'm hoping next week is, which I'll talk about my moves later. So, I'm sure. so, my, so my son, right, he brought in Tosin for James. So he's, like, for- he's got two good fixtures. Tosin benched. Gehi off the bench with seven points. <laughs> See, this is the thing. Sometimes um, everything you touch turns to gold. Um, yeah. When you're on the burner, you're on the burner. We used to say this a few years ago where when you see someone's doing really well and at this stage they're already in the top 10K, you kind of want to keep an eye on what moves they're making because mm-hmm. like, let's say I've got a 50-50 and I'm picking between like Bowen and Madison. If the guy who somehow everything he touches pays off is going for Bowen, I'm like, okay, until his burner this like stops... He's just everything he's touches turn into gold. Like I'm keeping an eye on that guy. So totally. There's a few people in the community who are like that, and I do keep an eye. And I think this was a famous thing back in the scout forum days where people would always be monitoring not necessarily the elite managers over time, but the person who's having just an incredible season. Managers in form. Managers. Exactly. There's there's a new uh, content uh, idea tracking managers in form. And then just a quick shout out to Harbour Boy as well, another one of our haulers. Good morning from New Zealand. Got FPL pharmacist, good to see you. And then we've got a question from Kaftan. I'll start this for the questions later on. Um, if you don't get to watch all the show, we will timestamp it. So you can go to the Q&A afterwards as well before Tuesday. And if any of you have to leave before your questions are answered, do check them out. We will get to them. So let's kind of just go into the show then. Let's go straight into the matchups. Obviously, I've put Trossard as one of the captaincy options on the thumbnail. I'd love to hear more about from your perspective, especially for NetXG and the shot predictor model and then the FDRs from Mariner that he's kindly provided in the, you know like literally an hour after the match um let, let's talk about this game because i think a lot of people with madison out they're potentially now going to captain trossard like there was some captaining him anyway but now it's going to be more of them and i think especially non de bruyne owners who mm. can't get to salah easily or the andy martin colt who don't want to get to salah <laughs> you know well, like basically like trossard seems to be the one they're all going to captain i've seen a few trippier captain shouts and some Solanke and people's thoughts, maybe a bit of recency bias there. But um, yeah, let's talk about this game because I think obviously Nottingham Forest, they're like, they, they are absolutely shocking. Um, I think when Villa played them, I'd said to you at the time that they'd conceded 18 goals in six games, including like six goals against promoted teams. So they, they are truly horrible at the back. Um, is there a world in which you wouldn't own Trossard? It's bit like if, if you had Madison and he's out now, for me, it just feels like that ownership of Trossard is about to skyrocket. And 
we always talk about a minus four being a minus two in a blank game week because you're going to get zero anyway. So as long as you get two appearance points, minus two is hopefully the floor. Is the ceiling high enough with someone like a Trossard to maybe take the hit in the midfield position rather than in the defensive line? Because I've got James and I'm looking to just keep him basically because I don't see enough upside in minus fouring him to a defender. So Trossard's like the guy I'm going for basically. Yeah, I mean, when when you look at the and and just so so people know, obviously this is a this will be these are abbreviated slides. We don't have any of kind of like the tactical analyses or heat maps or anything like that. Literally, like well, Mariners data isn't updated, so it doesn't include game week eleven. The uh, NetXG and the shots model goal predictor is all updated. All all of that data is current, um, so this will be kind of like a data special show. Um, and and you know, from from a data perspective, we see here like the Brighton have just been they've been firing so many shots that that's that's why the shots model goal the the goal predictor um, is is so high. It's uh, well, I mean, twenty five percent chance of two goals. Um, let's see, about fourteen percent chance of three or more goals is is decently high. Um, but I I think like when we're talking about Trussard, it's just like it, it's his role in in the squad, right? Um, and, and when you look at, at the holes that Forrest leaves, specifically between their back line and their D mids, and you just see Trossard wreaking havoc down in, like in between those lines and the fact that he goes wide and gets moved around, he gets, you know, um, that Serbi like, likes to move him around like, like a chess piece as well. He moves him around from side to side, front back. He comes, he brings him deep to receive the ball sometimes to help penetrate the lines. Sometimes he'll send him further forward to get in behind the line. So I just think that, um, I, I think Brighton have been a little bit on a mix of unlucky or unfortunate and a little unskilled in finishing. Um, and that, that's why their shots haven't gone in. But I think he's, he's been my, I've had the captaincy on him for almost like for for several days now until today. I just switched it, so I'm I'm still undecided as the captaincy. But I think Trossard is a legitimate shout and would probably be my first transfer in. Yeah, I think he's my priority move. I, in fact, I made the move last night before he price rose. Um, I thought with two free transfers and plans to take a minus four anyway. All my players who played today blanking in week 12. So even if they got injured, like my City and Arsenal players today, like what was good, like oh, they weren't going to play next week regardless, right? And then yeah. I'm wildcarding. So, but yeah, quick shout out as well to Noah Jurgens. Hopefully I've said that right. First time tuning in and hi, FPL Claire or Claire FPL. But yeah, just, yeah, I guess on that point you made about Trossard not looking necessarily as great as we were hoping since the hat trick, like last two games, obviously he has seemed a bit more reserved. Um, Part of me kind of wonders, like, what that might be down to. Is it the opposition they've faced? You know, like, Brentford had just been battered, right? Um, was it five goals they let in against Newcastle? Um, I think the manager had said in the presser, like, they were going to be very hungry to kind of put a good uh, record of themselves on the board after what had happened. So maybe there's something in that as well. Um, it was a way as well, right? It was at Brentford Stadium. Mm-hmm. It's just been you know, humiliated. They didn't want to get humiliated again. It can go one of two ways, right? You get humiliated and then you collapse, or you get humiliated and you bounce back. And I feel like maybe Brentford there, and especially Tony and being so clinical, it's it just an unfortunate game for them. I think the XG was basically both of them had about 1.6 last game, and obviously they lost 2 0. So I don't know if that's the kind of game you often would expect to see. So I'm hoping, like, I guess a team like Forest, as you say. Like the net, you know, the shot model goal predictor here, like it's essentially what expecting 24% zero goals for Brian. So 
that's what like a 75 percent chance that they score yeah i guess it, it, from the shot model goal predictor equal chance zero goals as two goals i think i think you could you could see it that way um but the other thing what, what i've seen from brighton um from that Serbi in the past two matches is it's I think we're seeing how that Serbi ball goes wrong. Like we, we saw how, how it was, it goes well, right? When, when it goes well, we saw what could happen, right? But when it goes wrong, it's like playing like, and this would happen with Barcelona sometimes. If you play these teams that play a lot of like um, small passes, right? And you confine their space and you don't let them get behind you, then they have no way to convert the, the, uh, the small passing into intermediate and long passing that's more penetrating. Where you... So you, you see like um, Brighton's shots have been like kind of this like small pass, small pass, small pass, or short pass, short pass, short pass. And that just kind of look like a little chip or a little poke or something. And they're, they're not these like um, shots really in a lot of space unless they're too wide. So when they're getting space, they're a little bit too far wide. And then when they're in the middle, they're not getting space. So they need to they need a little bit more horizontal passing, I think, to open them up. But like um, like teacher was saying here, let me let me look for um forest laid a system is a 4-3-3 that favors the wingers not central players so this means uh trossard and margin do for big ones maybe pascal gross as well so if if not and this is when we're nottingham forest has been a little bit naive this season is if they're going to open up like that for brighton brighton are going to destroy them but if they're going to if they're going to just basically you know uh pack the middle like the way that um spurs and brentford pack the middle um, then I think that's kind of how you disrupt Brighton. So we'll, we'll see how Nottingham Forest is going to play it. But either way, I think Brighton is able will be able to get through. Yeah, I think, um, and then just on the Neko Williams side of things, obviously I was worried that he'd lost his spot to Aurier. Don't think you expect many points from him, especially if we're saying that Brighton should score quite a few goals. But, you know, when you don't have 11 players, like you need everything you can get and just hope he doesn't get a minus. Um, with Aurier not even being in the squad on Saturday, I can't imagine a world in which Aurier then starts on Tuesday night, just three days later. Mm. So I feel fairly confident now that at least Neko plays. Obviously, Dimitrovic doubts. Fairly confident now that he plays. So at least a few of those issues in my team beyond City and Arsenal players um, seem to have sorted themselves out. But I don't think there's much more to say about Neko. Like, I'm not expecting a big haul from him. If you get some kind of fortunate assist um, when he loses like 3-1, then great. But don't really see much more beyond that in terms of his hope. Um, why don't we go to some of the next games then um, and we'll keep going. I'm just checking if there's any questions specifically on this in the chat. I have started Abbas's question about Salah and Solanke for Madison and Kane, so we'll get to that later. Mm. Salah, the samurai, has just transferred in Trossard last week and he's hoping he doesn't forget how to play football. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, I think Akib might uh, captain Mount as well. So I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about Mount's new role under Potter and how he seems to kind of be playing at his best again. But yeah, we'll get to him. So Crystal Palace versus Wolves. Obviously, there's a lot of people with uh, Palace defenders such as yourself. I, I don't know anyone with Wolves players anymore, but if you're out there, let us know. Tell us your thinking. But yeah, obviously, I have Zaha. I don't have any other defenders or the goalkeeper, but I'd be very disappointed in Zaha the last two games. He's just been like standing on the sideline a bit. Um and not even looking like he wants to really play. Um, I don't know if that's just me kind of misunderstanding what's going on, but Leeds, for a while in the first game that they played, they, they were just like all over them. Do you remember that match? Like Leeds were basically like, the first half, they just absolutely dominated them. And then they didn't seem to be able to keep it up. And then Palace looked much better in the second half and 1-2-1. One, one. 
And again, like I've seen this next game since I got him, the nil-nil, again, he just didn't look like he was too much. Um, I'm a bit worried. Like I was hoping to keep him till the World Cup. They have great fixtures going into that period. But now I'm a bit kind of concerned. Like, is this someone I keep on my wild card? Obviously, I keep him against Wolves in this game. But what do you think about Palace going forwards? Um, is it that perhaps the defensive assets are more viable? Is Gaeta like a good goalkeeper for my wild card in 13 potentially with those fixtures? And what do we think about Zaha? Is he cheap enough that he's still worth a punt with those fixtures despite what, what he's been looking like these last couple of games? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think the data is going to be skewed for Palace here because of the because of the difficult fixtures that they've had. So you know, we're looking at like pretty um, comparable or like uh, comparable data to, to Wolves. They look like quite similar teams as far as NetXG is and the shots model goal predictor are concerned. So just for the podcast listeners, and I forgot to do this on the first one, so I'll remember moving forward. We have Crystal Palace with a NetXG of 1.1, well, 1.21 and Wolves with a NetXG of 1.3. Uh, the shots model goal predictor is it's about equal across the board. Um, not going to quibble over a couple percentage points. It's kind of equal from zero goals to four goals. Um, Mariners FDR slightly disagrees, I guess, is from an attacking perspective, sees it as worse for, for Wolves. Um, probably because Wolves basically don't convert and they have no attack. So I think that's understandable there. Um, and then the zonal matchups are, but what's interesting, the zonal matchups are kind of cumulatively better for Palace, yet the FDR is better, is is not that much better. So, um, or the zonals are, are quite similar compared to the FDR is what I'm trying to say. So I, I'm not sure what, what that is about. And then kind of neutral headed matchups. Um, I, I think, I think Palace, they were overrun by, by leads in that game. I think they didn't have enough defensive coverage. Um, I'm not sure if uh, did Schlupp miss that game. Um, somebody missed that game. Yeah, um, sure, it was a few matches ago, up. wasn't it? That was, yeah. that was obviously the week game week ten, I think it was. But um, yeah, they they did look much better in that second half. Um, I guess on that note, is Edward at five point three million someone that we're interested in? So I had my eye on him as someone who could be an enabler. He's he's nearly half a million cheaper than um Solanke is at this point. The worry with him that I noticed was he does get subbed very early. Yeah. And there isn't just Mateta. Like, he, he could be subbed for Elise as well. Elise. So, I think he got subbed for Elise. Then Zaha got subbed for Mateta later on. Um, I, I can just imagine getting Edward on that wildcard in 13 for the four juicy fixtures and Mateta suddenly the starter again or something. So, I do think even though he's very cheap, I, I do think maybe Solanke being nailed on and we assume he's on penalties maybe it is worth that little bit more. I mean, if 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 you're in this price range, hold on, there was somebody that I was looking at um, that was mentioned, I think uh, Akash. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I, Akash wrote, wrote a thread and, and he, he mentioned somebody um, that I thought was, was really smart in that, in that uh, kind of like budget price range, DACA. I think DACA is better than, than, than any of these. Um, and if DACA is starting at 5.7, it's on a better team, they attack more, still decent fixtures, leads home, wolves away. Then they have City, but then they also have Everton, West Ham. Um, in that price range, I think DACA is probably the, the best shout. 5.3, obviously, much cheaper for Edouard. But like you said, he there, there will be games where you know he gets um, subbed off at you know, the 53rd minute or something. They doesn't even make the 60. Mm. And that's the concern, right? I guess the worry with Daka then is still Vardy, right? Like I know he's 
yet to kind of start this season and I question if he will, maybe it finally is t- too late for him. Like every year we've always thought, is, is it the time now where he's too old to cut it in the Premier League? And every year he's carried on doing well. But this season, I don't know if it's him or if it's just that Leicester haven't been that great. Obviously, everything seems to have gone through Madison. And yeah, so I don't know, like with Madison out, are Leicester even going to play well in this fixture in game week 12? Without- yeah, that's. I think that's a great point. Uh, without Madison, what what do Leicester have? How, like, who are they, right, without Madison? Uh, what I will say is Dhaka started in four out of the last five. But again, at 5.7, so temporary expectations. He usually doesn't play 90 minutes, so I think that's a concern as well. But at 5.7, I guess you can take that kind of risk. Dread is saying uh, Vardy is done in the chat. So um, I do actually see that... Um, someone here i think it's claire she's got hold of eze so I, I do really like eze i think as a football player he's a baller like he's very exciting to watch play um i think was it he got his first goal was it last week yeah well, not, not uh, maybe it was against leeds sorry not not against um obviously it was nil nil against leicester but um he, he's very exciting he is much cheaper than zaha i guess the appeal at the time when we went for zaha or when i went for zaha was just the penalties but Zaha can act like very petulant at times. And I do think he is potentially always capable of getting a yellow card for mouthing off to the ref, not even necessarily for like a bad challenge, just for mouthing off. Um, he, he can act out a bit. And I, I do kind of think maybe if you're already on Eze, like you've not made a bad choice at all. And at that price point, I would probably hold on to him till the World Cup now, um, unless he gets injured or something, obviously. But for now, he's good enough. Like I wouldn't be looking to invest in any more Palace assets now that you have him. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think Eza is uh, is a little bit unpredictable because I, I I think sometimes when when Zaha disappears when he's too far wide that opens up up the space for Eza to, to kind of move in there and get some shots in that that left half space. Um, but I think in in that price range, I I'd much prefer someone like Jaka because he was still like five five point one. Um, I guess with the blank is obviously not a go, but. When it comes to that wild card I have in Game Week 13, he's someone I will consider. Um, I'm, I'm considering going Saka over Jesus just because of the four yellow cards for Jesus. And mm-hmm. Saka now has eight returns in his last seven games. He has four mm-hmm. goals, four assists. Um, he, he's just playing great. And I don't want to have that looming fifth yellow card on me. I know there was that, you know, a few years ago, Diego Costa was on four yellow cards and yeah. he him because he was going to get the fifth and he never did and he scored every week. So that's also possible, but... I just feel like I see enough in Saka that I'm willing to go there potentially after the wild card um, and have like a Martinelli Saka double up. And if mm. I do that, then it doesn't really leave a space for Xhaka. Like if I had a third Arsenal, it would probably be Ben White at 4.5 million. I don't know if I'd go for the full 5 million in Saliba. But um, yeah, let's just um, go to the next game. And there's something from Akiba I want to touch on, but I'm sure when we come to that team, I can bring it up and it's, oh, like Magic, Bournemouth versus Southampton. So he says Solanke and Billing is the new Antonio and Ben Rama from last year. <laughs> I think we, we shouted out Billing a few weeks before. Um, I think at 5.5 million, he is a steal. So he he yeah. does look very involved and he's part of most of what they do. He was very good last season as well, actually. Um, I know a lot of people who play like Fantasy Championship and he, he, he was a baller in that too. So I can't see much wrong with him. But in this matchup specifically against Southampton, you know, Hassan Hutel is obviously touted as potentially being one of the next managers to get sacked. What, what are Southampton mm. going to do here away from home in a 
South Coast Derby. This is like a big rivalry for them. It's a big game. It's a huge occasion on the South Coast. Bournemouth have looked incredible under the new manager. Um, they've yet to lose a game in the league under him. So, you know, we, we've been, and, and credit to actually to FPL teacher, who was a, the first one I heard to kind of really highlight billing in, in several of his pods got, dating back several weeks now. And, and Philip Billing has returned in four of the last five game weeks, I believe. Is that right? Something like that. He's got seven, nine, three, ten, five in the last five game weeks. He's at the center of everything they do. While everybody was talking Solanke, Billing is there like, it's like hey, it's, it's all me. It's all me. He, he, he creates the plays. He finds the targets. He does the late runs into the box and then when the targets find him. Um, so he's, he's definitely kind of like at, at 5.3 million, I, I think decent value, especially with like Southampton, West Ham. Spurs and Leeds, I don't know. I, I think I think I think Leeds are not as bad defensively as people are saying. That it's not that easy matchup that it was last season. So I is think it, it's at Leeds as well. The game more. It's at Leeds, yeah. 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 So I think they, they obviously beat Chelsea three 0 and um, in the second half they totally dominated Arsenal earlier today. Um, that crowd is probably one of the most scary crowds to go to in the Premier yeah. James's Park and some a few other clubs only. I would say. It is honestly um, not an easy task to go there. They they might play well in bursts, but they play so aggressively when they're at home. Like it's the American style of football, isn't it? Like very press heavy these days, it seems. And obviously, got an American coach. Some new American players have come in, in Tyler Adams, got Aronson, Brendan Aronson. He's American too. Like that kind of philosophy of the that hard work ethic we used to see on the Bielsa seems to still be there. They're just not as open as they were because they're not just kind of free-flowing attack necessarily, but they're very difficult to outwork. Yeah. So I do think that you are right, and maybe that would be like a get-off point before Spurs and Leeds just for a final two-week punt. But up until then, could be decent to hold some Bournemouth players. Um, Any love for their defenders? I know some people have gone in for like Zamora, who I I don't know if he's back, but I know he was out two weeks ago. There's also obviously Memphis, I think, um, any love at all for their defenders? I, I can't see myself going there on a wild card over the likes of Gahey, but and any love at all? Like, do, do we think that they can maintain the clean sheets? I mean, they have more home clean sheets this season than Liverpool and City and Arsenal. I think, I mean, there, there are just so many comparable assets on much better teams. That, that they're not a consideration for me. I mean, some of them have some attacking threat, right? Zamora gets forward and so on. But I, I just, I, I can't, yeah, I, I can't have any part of that when, when I can get defenders from decent teams. Ben like White for four and a half million. Ben White for four and a half or Zamora for 4.4 million. <laughs> like, come on. I, I see what you mean, yeah. Um, what, what about so Southampton? Obviously, some people have Kyle Walker-Peters. Some people have Bella Kotchup or Ketchup, as I like to call him. Um, they obviously were targeting this blank. So when they picked their defenders on their wildcard in 8 or 9, at the time, they thought Bournemouth would be a really easy fixture. So they were like, oh, Southampton defender plays Bournemouth in that week when my when my City and Arsenal players don't play. Should those Southampton defend, defensive asset owners be as optimistic as they were back then? Or are we actually expecting a kind of Billing and Solanke masterclass here, and maybe some minus points for the Southampton defense. Oh, I, I think, I think people people who brought in the beautiful ketchup, Bella Kochup, um, brought him in for the name. Let's be honest. 
<laughs> well, you didn't bring him in because a Southampton center back is going to give you a bunch of returns. So, so <laughs> come on. The name is still is still pretty cool. So I don't know. I guess do your thing. I don't have much advice on that front. I would not be bringing in Southampton defenders, just like I wouldn't be bringing in Bournemouth defenders, I guess. So I think beyond kind of the idea that Solanke and Billing are both viable budget enablers going forwards until the World Cup, I think... There isn't much more to see here from either team. Let's go to the next one. I have been starring your questions, guys, as we go. Um, I do see some questions about whether to like play a free hit or, or take a hit instead. Um, and also about Awobi from Salad Samurai. We, we, we will get to those in the question section. So if you can't watch the whole show, as I said earlier, that we will timestamp this. So you can always look back before Tuesday and we'll make sure we answer your questions. Um, so Brentford versus Chelsea. See, there's a lot of Tony owners. It's at Brentford Stadium. It's a London derby. Chelsea, however, on the Potter have looked great. They've looked, it's like every week they're improving. They, they look like something a little more and a little more and a little more, right? Um, I mean, Ming's made them look really good this weekend, I guess. <laughs> so, gave them an assist for the first goal. Yep. So aside from that, so um, quite similar here in terms of NetXG and the shots model goal predictor. 1.51 NetXG to 1 point, for Brentford to 1.71 for Chelsea. The shots model goal predictor, I think, I guess I would say there's a slight favoritism. I would say like a two point, two percentage point favoritism towards Chelsea. Um, and then from an FDR perspective, Mariners FDRs here, it, it actually likes Brentford more. It has a, an attack of positive 0.7, whereas Chelsea's 0.2, and then the negative counterpart for the defense. Um, the zonal matchups, ironically, it likes Chelsea more. Um, as far as uh, the zonal matchups for Mariners, FDRs, and then the headed matchup, roughly the same with a slight nod uh, to Brentford. Um, I, I, this one's going to be really interesting because I, I mean, this is going to be like a tactical battle. Like these, these are these are two teams that are two managers that love to ch change tactics in the game. So I mean, this is this it's game is formations as well, right? Like. I was surprised to see Brentford playing with a back four, in fact, on Friday night to start with. I thought they'd go to a back five, but yeah. they didn't. And um, against Arsenal, I think they did play a back five. So they alternate. And same with Chelsea, right? They can play the back five. Maybe with James out, they will play back four sometimes. Um, it just depends if Cucurella and Chilwell are both going to be in or just one of them. And then you have Loftus-Cheek as the other wing back versus Aspilicueta right back, potentially. Um, so so if you, you had like... This will be the interesting battle, right? Because it's you have Brentford that can line up in a four-three-three or a three-five-two, and they're much better in the four-three-three, right? But if Chelsea line up in a back three to counteract the four-three-three, like against a three up front, um, like you and you, you want to line up in a back three, so you isolate that center forward, right? So he has no nowhere to go. So, if, but if they line up in a back three. Right then, Brentford mid-game can change to a three-five-two, and if they change to a three-five-two, does then Potter change Chelsea to a four-two-three-one? This is all mid-game within the game. So, like to talk about the tactics of this one is very much going to depend on game state, what's going on in the game, who's showing up in the game, what area, what areas of weakness are showing up in the game. So, I think tactically, this is very tough to predict. So, from from a data perspective, it's it's quite even across the board, but. I think that one thing that's kind of uh, agreeable here is that there should be some goals. Uh, the defensive matchups across the board are, are much weaker than the attacking matchups. So like a, like a, a 
a draw with goals would seem likely here. I think FPL teaches as well. It all depends on whether Wissa plays. Um, he was scoring off the bench for quite a few weeks. Obviously, when they do play the 4-3-3, they do have him starting. So yeah. it kind of very much depends. In terms of today, Neil Cheesman makes a very good point. I do agree with this. Um, I think Arsenal were very fortunate to get a win. Um, I definitely think Leeds didn't deserve to lose that game. And everyone was kind of sending around the XG stats afterwards of, you know, like um, obviously Bamford missed a penalty, so that adds a lot of XG. But Leeds had like over two XG and Arsenal had that like 0.5. Obviously, Saka finished a very acute angle shot that I don't know how he managed to get that in, but he did. However, when you look at today, it was all the Kepa show. Like without Kepa, I don't see how Chelsea would have won that game. And in this scenario, it was actually Chelsea who had less than one XG. And it was, you know, their opponent, uh, Villa, who had like over two XG. Mm-hmm. So again, I feel like perhaps they did kind of do a lot better than, you know, like the re- the result kind of flattered what really happened in that game. I think Villa were very good. Um, Bailey got subbed quite early, but it turns out he's going to be fine as well for the midweek for anyone who has him, just because he'd been told by the medical team, um, Stephen Gerrard been told that, you know, he can only play 30 to 60 minutes. So he gave him the maximum end of that and had to stop him. He said, if I could keep him on for the whole game, I would. So I'd be very confident uh, going into the next game. I'm sure we'll talk about the Villa matchup soon. But um, there is a question here from Claire, which is relevant to this game, which is starting Raya in goal. Obviously, you have Raya. Mm-hmm. But Chelsea or starting Ward versus Leeds. And I'm sure we'll come to the Leicester. Um, sorry, yeah, we'll come to the Leeds and Leicester matchup too. But what are your thoughts there? I'm assuming you have Ward or do you have Iverson? I, I kept Iverson. Okay, uh, I, was, I don't so you have to play Raya no matter what. Yeah, I don't have this decision, thankfully. Wow, that's tough. Huh? I, I just, I, I think, I, I think you start. I guess when I'm faced with a decision like this, I, I just start the better player. And Raya is obviously miles by by far the better keeper. Um, so I'd start Raya with gritted teeth. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because I guess we expect Leicester to potentially concede and. I guess the when, when it comes to these decisions for me, because I hate having two goalkeepers. Obviously, with Ward, I've had two keepers this season. And like I started Sanchez this week instead of Ward, and that wasn't great. I always ask myself, which one would you be more annoyed about benching if they returned? So, like, would you be more angry if Raya gets, like, six to ten points on the bench or Ward and mm. the other one blanks? Because for me, like, I will always make sure I play the player that would piss me off more. So this is what happened last week. Like, I could have played Andreas over Mitrovic like some did. And I kept telling myself... I can live with Andreas points on the bench, but if Mitrovic points were on the bench, I'd be beating myself up about that. I wouldn't be very happy. So there was like no world in which I could then, knowing that, go and start Andreas over Mitrovic. So I would say have a think about that as well. Um, also, equally, um, I do think like, realistically, I'm not expecting either of them to keep a clean sheet. So it's going to come down to save points and Ward doesn't really make saves. He got his first save point two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um Raya's obviously showing that he's a great shot stopper. He, he's done it previously as well, not just this season. So, yeah, I guess I it's a, it's a very tough one. I'd almost say like flip a coin and just pray because there's no right answer. <laughs> um, FPL Spot says Kepa looked world class today. Yeah, I do think so. Um, we'll talk about the rotation risk at Chelsea as well. And obviously, we'll see what we think about whether Kepa has got the number one spot from Mendy and how long that might last going forward. So he's obviously started quite a few now on the Potter and I know Mendy was injured for a bit, but it does seem to be Kepa's space to lose now at this stage. And if he keeps pulling in performances like he did today, 
I'm not sure Mendy's going to get back in that easily. Um, 4.4 million for Kepa, mm. another player to consider on that wild card. Um, I know the defensive fixtures for Chelsea aren't great once you get to game week 13 onwards. Um, they do also have um, United as well coming up, Man United. I was going to keep James on that wild card. Obviously, he's out. So maybe Kepa at 4.4 million, that's the way into the Chelsea defence if you don't trust any of the other lower league pl- players, like in terms of bottom half goalkeepers like Keita and Ward and... Because those are the other options. Like I've seen Pickford in there, and like Everton have good fixtures. Like maybe you just trust Kepper instead. Yeah, I, I think that's a to find budget budget option for sure. Cool. All right, let's go to uh, Liverpool West Ham. This is a very exciting game, similar to the Brighton one, which we looked at first. Which is obviously mainly because it's going to be a big captaincy option. So yeah, people wild carded back in gaming nine. Um, obviously, back then Liverpool were playing Brighton. They, they kept on to like Liverpool assets. Since then, this week, like people like me who've got De Bruyne up looking to move to Salah, for instance. I've seen people like Andy Martin who were going to wildcard in game week 13. He's actually brought that forward to game week 12. He's sold Haaland on the wildcard and he's brought in triple Liverpool strikers. He's brought in Firmino, Jota and Nunes. <laughs> yeah, so he, yeah, like I love the way he plays the game. Um, it's genuinely like it's just something I couldn't do, but you know, me and him were neck and neck last season and his tactics last season also worked out for him. Um, I, I imagine he has a plan to get Haaland back, but he's attacking this fixture with three strikers. I, th- I think that I think the strategy is brilliant. I, I love it and I, and I hope it works out. But uh, but yeah, I mean, Darwin Nunez, I, I think we, we, we saw we saw today that he is very much a project and that's that's how he was he was bought. They hope he develops into this world class player, but I mean, and and he does some things extraordinarily well, right? His movement is excellent, right? Um, the way he fades around defenders and finds space in behind defenders is fantastic. But he's not great with the ball. He's not great with vision. He's not. I, th- I think his finishing is is actually fine. It, it's 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 not terrible for the most part. Um, but he's not great with his head. So uh, he, the, the, the kid has a lot to learn. He's never played in, in a top league. Um, I, I think so I, because of these reasons as a, as a footballer, I think to bring him in as an FPL asset for close to 9 million um, when there are other kind of, I think, maybe better value um, forward options, I, th- I think is a little suspect. In this one in particular, and then in the match, though, NetXG has a Liverpool 1.66, West Ham 1.06. Um, I'd say the the biggest difference is, um, yeah, I mean, what, once the once the, the score, is, according to the shot model goal predictor here, obviously once the, the score gets higher, it, it's going to favor Liverpool. West Ham are going to try to keep this KG, maybe play that five at the back. Maybe Emerson gets, a, gets another star, although... Um, did Emerson started? Uh, did he start at the wing? Did he start further forward today? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think there was a couple of defensive injuries. Um, Zuma and Kelleher were both out um, for West Ham, so I'm not sure. Like, if he's going to carry on playing, obviously he's a very cheap asset. I, it's a tough one because I guess you could go for him over Neko on the wild card as well. I wouldn't obviously be buying him for this blank game week fixture though. Like, not in a million no, exactly. years. I think if you had Bowen. Like great, like maybe I expect Liverpool could concede, but um, yeah, I think beyond Bowen, there's not really anyone I would want. Skamaka's quite exciting as a cheap alternative, six, you know, six point seven. I think he is now similar to Mitrovic. Mm-hmm. West Ham have great fixtures through to the World Cup after the blank, so 
once his Liverpool fixtures out of the way, maybe Skamaka someone you take a punt on if you think he's going to outscore Mitrovic in that spell. But um, yeah, I don't think I'd be investing in the West Ham defence personally, even though those fixtures are very good. But if we are sure Emerson's going to be playing regularly and he is playing as a fullback or wingback, for that price, like you've got to think the West Ham defence is better than Forrest, surely. Sure, but I, I, I don't think there's any way. Like, I mean, we just—he's just not going to play regularly. So that's that's, that's the big issue. Yeah, like he, I don't he, trust him yeah. to be playing. Yeah, I mean, if, just, if you're looking to invest in West Ham defense, and obviously this isn't the week to do it, um, Carer is probably your safest bet. Um, he's been moved around. He's played center back. He's he's played right back. Um, FPL teacher mentioned that, that he's a much better crosser than than Sofal. So, so he's he's much more of a utility player, and I think he, he should solidify his spot there um, at, at four point five. Um, in this one, uh, Mariners FDR likes Liverpool at two point four, with West Ham at minus one. Um, and the zonal matchup slightly favors the right over the left, although not that much, not as much as we've seen in the past. Um, and then the headed matchup is you know slightly slightly favorable for Liverpool here at two point six, and West Ham at two point oh, um, but. I don't know. I, I I don't see this as I think last season Liverpool they destroyed West Ham at home. Was it? I, I don't remember. I want to say that. I think it was a pretty big scoreline. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I I'm I'm a little. I don't see that here from a statistical perspective. And as I say that, I I also re- recognize that the, there's a Liverpool team here that's just gaining form, but they're all they're also not going to have a manager. Klopp is suspended. Mm-hmm. Um, for getting in the assistant referee's uh, face there really hard on the when when Salah got fouled, which was a foul to be fair, but um, I, I think it was a foul. The, the, yeah. It was a weird one, but I suppose you can't just like sprint over to the assistant ref, the touchline coach, like just shout at everyone in the face. There, you're not going to get away with that. It's it's shocking behavior, honestly, and uh, I I don't know. Klopp needs to ha- hold himself to a bit of a higher standard. He's He's been known for these outbursts in the past, and no, that I just find him a little immature. Just my opinion. Um, but but I mean, is this a fixture that you think these metrics would back up? Like, if you had a Liverpool attacker, would they be in your consideration over a Trossard? Do you think there's a chance here to gain like a Liverpool captaincy at a huge differential compared to like where they'd ever been in the last few years in FPL? I think given recent form, you have to. Salah, you know, a hat-trick in, what was it, six minutes or eight minutes? Yeah, off the bench, hat-trick, uh, played a bit more centrally today as well. Um, Firmino was kind of dropping deeper in that front three, and then Salah was kind of playing a bit further up. And then even once the substitutions happened, Salah then moved to, I think, the Firmino role, so just behind Nunes, and then mm-hmm. he was playing centrally. So Klopp did say in his interviews that he can play on the wing too, and like actually like it doesn't really matter, and... I do think with a player of that caliber, like once you get that goal against City to win the game at Anfield after a hat trick, you've got to be feeling like just from a psychological point of view, like it's as good a time as any, like to be captaining him, like personally. And I've got De Bruyne, so for me, it's an easy decision. Um, I'll be going to Salah, and I can't see a world in which I would captain Trossard over Salah, not after what I've seen the last two games from Trossard. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're on opposite ends of the form spectrum, aren't they? And and that's why I was I was I was on Trossard, and then I just see those those shots not going in, and I'm not getting enough space centrally. And I think, well, and then I look at Salah and and what he's been able to do. I think you correctly point out that um, when Firmino plays and Salah has more more freedom, 
but but I think also what Harvey Elliott is a he's he's not ready. He's he's blocking passing lanes. He's standing in areas when Salah's like if Harvey Elliott moves and Salah has a lane to come to kind of bend around inside, and Harvey Elliott's just kind of standing there. So I see him in the way a lot. Um, and someone here mentioned in the chat um, about low blocks. Will Wood, as an LFC fan, I envisage uh, still having difficulties versus low blocks, especially with Jota Diaz out. Still capping Salah, of course, for, for Will. Um, so I think that the captaincy for me is between Salah and, and Trossard. And I'm I'm really undecided right now. It's it's the uh, form versus fixtures debate at this point. I think there are some who have Trossard. They won't own Salah, and they're still going to captain a Liverpool attacker. So, if you were buying one of the three Liverpool forwards, whether that's Nunes, Firmino, or Jota, which one would you be looking at? Because I was originally going to do De Bruyne to Salah and um, Jesus to Wilson, mm-hmm. but because of the new minus four I'm taking, that I've already taken Madison to Trossard. It's actually left me with nine million for the Jesus replacement, so I can get Salah mm-hmm. and nine million, and that means all three Liverpool strikers are available to me. So now I'm a bit like, okay, Darwin started on the bench. Firmino scored a lot so far this season, but do I really want him? Me personally, from my perspective, it's Yota, and I'm hoping that you're going to back that up and give me more reason to go for it because my view is with um, sorry with Diaz out, I just feel that Jota's like going to be the only one who's close enough to being as nailed as Salah is. Like, I'm not convinced between Firmino and Darwin, like, they're almost competing for the same spot if they don't play the, you know, the new formation before four of them on. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this this is a tough one because I think what, what Liverpool need most right now is a player like Jota. But um, as... Um, so someone Dredd said, yeah, he said we need some Bobby Trickery to break down West Ham. Yeah, yeah, Dredd says need Bobby Trickery to break West Ham down. Maybe, maybe, but then when you think about that, then then Bobby's dropping into the Declan Rice, Thomas Socek space. That's not a good space to operate, right? So, so what what do you do instead? Do you pop balls like if if West Ham come in with a back five, right? Then then you have to play the balls wide in front of that back five yeah, and have to hold those triangles until the defense shifts and then you can go through the middle. Um, so by the, way, by the way, so Jota was apparently stretched off. Um, I did see him get injured. I didn't realize he was stretched off. I didn't realize it was so bad. So that's a bit of a worry, but I guess then that kind of means that surely all of Firmino, Nunes and Salah basically nailed on because like, if Jota can't play, and you know it's a quick turnaround before this game, Fabio Carvalho could play on the left side. Yeah, so he could take that spot, and then Firmino and Nunes could still bloody not both start potentially. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I think that's always going to be the risk. But you know, if you're looking just from a football perspective, Darwin shouldn't really. He'll start an occasional game here and there, but he really shouldn't be. Um, consider just like a, a starter at this point maybe it depends on what the team needs but you know Firmino's the the highest scoring Liverpool player in FPL yeah I know um, I wouldn't have believed you if you told me the start of the season I guess the the flip side is if Nunes has just had his rest with three games in seven days and um, Liverpool have the shortest turnaround time between game week 11 and 12 mm. the whole league and they also have the shortest turnaround time between game week 12 and 13 in the whole league so Firmino could start, I guess. He was subbed early, but then that would mean he doesn't start the third game, you'd think. 
especially with Champions League then back. Yeah. So then you've got to almost work backwards from that. So if it's Champions League three games from now, could it be that Nunes starts this one after not starting? So he starts against West Ham. Firmino starts the weekend to stay fresh for the Champions League. And then he gets subbed early and then starts in the Champions League again. So what do the Liverpool fans think in the chat? Like, what are your thoughts on that in terms of rotation? Obviously, you've got a very short turnaround time. Um, From an FPL perspective, I, I would just ask, like, do, are these the conversations that you want to be having in your head? Well, yeah. So the alternative is getting Wilson. Um, I'm sure we'll get to that matchup. And my view is, obviously, we've seen Isaac is now out until after the World Cup. So Maximan isn't nearby. They did a great job today. They drew with uh, Man United. Um the parts of the game I watched, I thought they were unlucky not to be ahead. Joe Linton hit the bar a couple of times. Um, there was a few incidents where I was just surprised they weren't already ahead. But yeah, so I think for me, it's kind of like, maybe it's a money fallacy where Wilson was my original plan. But now that I've got this extra money, I'm thinking, let me just get two Liverpool attackers against West Ham. Maybe it is still Wilson at home against Everton. Maybe that's where I go, right? But See what the guys in the chat think. Um, let's go to the next game. I know I think we've got three, four more games to get through, and then we'll go to the Metro Caps. So there's obviously Newcastle versus Everton. Speaking of Wilson, most people at this point have Trippier, if not and Pope. I obviously don't have Pope. Um, the defensive coverage is over a hundred percent ownership wise. So every time they get a clean sheet, if Trippier doesn't get some kind of extra return, I actually lose rank despite owning him. So that's a fun situation to be in. Um, do we think the double defense is? viable going through to the world cup or what do you think of some people i've spoken to who are looking to downgrade a pope at this stage and actually free up the funds like 0.8 million to go to like one of the cheaper 4.5 goalkeepers and just keep trippier i elected to go to to go the cheap route i understand why people went pope and i may have gone pope if i would have uh wild carded early um netxg has everton with 0.9 newcastle with 1.54 um newcastle with almost a 32 percent chance of a clean sheet so it's it's not great it's not great but it is it's also not not terrible um around that five million though you know you know when you're looking at a lot of people bought a trippia when when he was close to five million and pope is close it was five million as well and trip is just just such a, an incredible asset um you know at that price especially compared to pope so i think i'd rather go cheaper on the goalkeeper um mariners fdr likes newcastle quite a bit more here as well with a positive 2.8 fdr for attack um and a positive 0.4 fdr for for everton's attack um and the fact that it's that newcastle is home i think gives them a bump as well um i the shot model goal indicator really likes them with this 20 27.5% chance of two goals, which is pretty decent. 20% chance of three or more goals, which, which is quite nice for Newcastle. You could see like a 3-1 or something like that in this game. But again, I, I think Everton, um, Everton, they've been scoring goals. So they, they get their one goal a game. They've been ruining clean sheets. They're the, the clean sheet wipeout team. So, so I, I don't know. I can always see Everton kind of nicking one, nicking one here or there. And against Newcastle, um, did... Who's going to be playing on the left for Newcastle? Why was Burn there? Um, I'm not really sure, but I, I think Everton's right side could could benefit uh, against Newcastle here. Did we lose you or did we lose me? <laughs>
if um if we lost <laughs> if we lost Nima, can someone uh, in the chat just help me out so I can kind of like keep the ball rolling here? If we lost me, then you won't be hearing me, so uh, so it's fine. Got it. Thank you. We lost Nima. So, yep, there it is. <laughs> it's just me. Okay, Nima says he's reloading. Um, I'm going to go back to that matchup. I'm just going to leave myself here on the on the screen, though. Nima's on his way back in here. Can you see me now? Yeah, I think I could still hear you, but I couldn't see either of us on the actual show. So I think that was me who disappeared. Yep. And there he goes again. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on with Nima. Um, we were looking at um, just while Nima keep going in and out. Um, yeah, God knows what's happened to my internet there. But um, we were just there. finishing up the Newcastle versus Everton. I, I don't think there's much more to say here. I mean, the the shot model goal predictor really likes goals for for Newcastle here. So I wouldn't be surprised if. Um, if um you know if Callum Wilson definitely got got some nice action maybe I just stick to that plan and forget that I have the extra two million because I can't decide which Liverpool attacker I wanted Yotta and if he's out I'm not convinced I want Firmino or Nunes um I, I do agree that with Mariners FDR with a 2.8 here for the attack um I also think it is a potential Trippier captaincy shot for anyone who doesn't have like Salah for instance um I think he's an alternative to Trossard um he's currently my vice captain but we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, let's go to the next game. The defensive FDR wouldn't support that, though. Mariners' defensive FDR there. Yeah, no, wouldn't. Yeah, I know. But um, I think it's just on negative. the attacking side, just just yeah. to get that attacking return, I'd hope. But I don't know if you caught what I said at the end, which was that I think Jacob Murphy played on the left wing and Almer on the right wing, even though he normally plays uh, midfield because of the injuries to St. Maximan. And also, it looks like Shaw and Bruno Gamarish both seem to have been subbed off, but then it has like a little injury symbol on them on sofa score. So I don't know if they kind of got subbed off with some kind of knock and they're probably going to be fine, but we have presses, right? Um, United versus Tottenham, this is a huge game. So this is going to be the battle of two teams who mm. are both obviously trying to show that like they're coming on and things are looking better for them. Um, United have looked much better um, in recent times. Tottenham have actually, I had a look, it's interesting, they've had their best start to a Premier League season since 1963. So that's hmm. that's fucking huge. Um, that is actually crazy. Like, you know, in 60 years, that is their, this is their best start to a season. Kane's blanked once. That was game week one. Wow. So there was someone in the chat asking, should I sell Kane this week to Solanke and Madison to Salah? I don't think I'd be selling Kane in this fixture personally. Um, I think Kane you could keep going through to the World Cup, potentially. The fixtures for Spurs are great after this as well. Especially if it's for a hit, I don't think I would do that. But um, the, the net XG does seem to favour Spurs here. So for the podcast, it's 2.03, even though they're away from home, versus 1.4 for United. However, the shot model predictor, it's got both teams at like 37% and 35% for a goal each. So I'm not sure a clean sheet is coming. So... Any kind of Perisic owners, um, Do new Doherty owners, some Dyer owners. Some people bought Dyer for East James instead of Doherty. Um, depends how you play FPR, I suppose. But um, I don't see a clean sheet for any of the defensive assets here. Two goals is pretty good as well, right? 24% for United, 26% for Spurs. Um, I could see like a kind of a 2-2 here. 
I can imagine a very scrappy game, a real intense battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feisty, intense. Uh, I think a two-two is likely, or or any combination of two-one for for either side. I think is also likely. Um, just just to note, I guess, I guess Spurs. Yeah, the NetXG. All, all the FDRs kind of agree that. Um, no, hold on a second. So NetXG likes Spurs more, and Mar- Mariners FDR likes United's attack more more than Spurs attack. Um, and that might have to do come to like a style of play kind of thing. Um, not sure. Um, have to kind of peel back the curtain of the of the metric and and look behind us, look under the hood. Um, but yeah, definitely a uh, goals. I think uh, across the board, statistically speaking, they, they see goals. Now, here's what I'll say: if both teams come out like from a tactics perspective, if both teams come out um, playing counterattack, that could negate all of these stats. If they're both just trying to watch each other play and just sitting back, um, so the, the tactics could kind of um, make irrelevant these stats. We'll see. There's a few nuances as well, like whether Ronaldo starts up top or Rashford, whether Spurs play in the three-five-two and bring in the extra midfielder in Basuma. Mm-hmm. I know Richarlison looks injured. Kulusevski doesn't look ready, so perhaps they will be in that three-five-two away from home. Want a bit more midfield control. Mm-hmm who starts between Ronaldo and Rashford will shape things tactically. So you're right. I think we expect goals, but it could equally be that they do fully just negate each other. Um, and it's like a one nil or a nil nil. It's perfectly possible. I remember there was a period where under Ole, whoever came to Old Trafford, like Liverpool, would, it would always be nil nil like every game. Um, they would just not do anything to attack and then they wouldn't concede either. So it is possible. Um, Spurs, I think, I don't know if this is still the case, but up until recently, they had conceded the fewest big chances this season. So they don't really let many big quality chances through either. So I think United would have to be very clinical to get any chance to get through. Mm-hmm. Dread is saying nil-nil this match. Um, I, I take that. Is there a conspiracy that Spurs get a penalty every single match this season? I, I don't know. Um, I think Kane's penalty was a penalty in the last game. Um I, I do think as England captain, he gets some leeway with the FA and the media. And I won't go beyond that, right? As Mourinho says, if I speak, I will be in trouble. Spurs have conceded the fewest big chances. They've conceded 10 this season. But Wolves have conceded the second fewest. Yeah, Wolves, Wolves have just scored their fourth goal of the bloody season a quarter of the way through. I couldn't believe it. When that Neko clean sheet got wiped, I was like, wow, like Wolves have actually scored. Like, how bad a Forest? Like, my God, like mm. you've let a team with three goals in the season score on you like that. That fucking hell. Uh, shocking stuff. Let's go to the next game. Um, we'll start to quickly get because quite, I've started quite a few questions in the chat as well. Some questions about minus eights and extra stuff like that. So we will get to that. But um, Fulham versus Aston Villa as well. Mitrovic, Andreas owners, I assume both play with so many blankers in your teams. Mm. There's some Bailey owners out there. Don't think anyone owns anything else from Aston Villa, but what are we expecting here? Like, because I would have thought Fulham at home would kind of dominate, but then Villa were quite unlucky. It was a Kepa masterclass earlier. Are Villa kind of like? Is it one of those things where you know when there's a animal in the corner, fight or flight mode? Mm. General gonna get sacked. Like, there's three games this week, and if he loses this and the next one, there's no chance he survives. He's already come out with quotes like. You know, when I took over, we were two points above the relegation zone and we'd done this and that. And, and I looked at it and I was like, 
he was like, we were 17 for 16 for two points above the relegation zone. And then I looked at the table after his quote and I was like, dude, you're two points above the relegation zone now. And you play worse football. Like Villa fans don't like the football you're playing. And you spent a lot of money. Yeah, like you've spent money. You brought in your ex-homie Coutinho, etc. You, you've built up your own squad that you wanted. And like, what's going on here? Like, you're basically in the same position that the last manager was in when he got sacked. Needs it allegedly on the penalty conspiracy. Um, I see. Um, I don't know. I, I just think this league is pretty funny. So, as I say, I think Leeds were unfortunate earlier to lose the game against Arsenal. But when I saw that linesman give a red card to Gabriel and a penalty for him being fouled by Bamford, I did think that was a bit strange. And then when I looked at the penalty that Bamford got, the same linesman was standing in line with the player that got the ball in an offside position in the build-up to the penalty. VAR looked at that too as well. and No offside given there. Wait, you don't think it was a penalty? The first one, there was offside when he got the ball before it went into the box for the penalty. So how can VAR, how can the linesman be in line with the guy? Like, I've got a photo of it. Like he's literally in line with him, one meter from him. Like the guy is in front of him and he receives the ball in an offside position, throws it in the box and then gets a penalty. If it wasn't offside, then yeah, it was a penalty, of course. It was a handball, but it was offside in the build-up. So how come VAR can look at that? And how can the same linesman stand on the bloody side and not see that offside and VAR don't give it? And then that same linesman then gives a red. The ref didn't give the red to Gabriel. That same linesman who didn't give the offside. So my point is that these guys are just incompetent. It's just shocking. Like, this is meant to be the best league in the world. And they're honestly embarrassing. Like every week there's decisions that are not consistent. I'd be happy either way if there was consistency. If like each week the same type of you know offense got you a penalty or not, I think you saw it in the Liverpool game, right? Um, I think Klopp himself came out and said that he thought it was a bit odd that essentially they you know they let play go on, that they're allowing more aggressive tackles to happen this season as we've seen as the new directive. They don't want to break up the game. They let play go on all game, and then they disallowed the goal for City. And he said that himself, Klopp said that. So I don't know if what Liverpool fans think, but his point was that like you let the game go on all this time and then when it's in the box, then suddenly it's like, oh no, we won't let it go on. That's what happened with Odegaard a few weeks back against United, right? This isn't, a, this isn't yeah. a mystery. It's not even controversial. Yes, the rules are different in the box. Like, accept it. So, <laughs> so, so, everything. So, so what about Odegaard? He, mm. he, so the Arsenal goal that put United 1-0 down, the ref was letting everything go. And then he pulled it back and said Odegaard fouled someone for the same sort of challenges that were being let go all over the park throughout the season in every match. So this is what I'm just trying to say. Like, I just think that there's inconsistency overall. Like, They need to all do the same thing. Um, and Sankar makes a good point about there should be a promotion relegation system for the referees across the major leagues. And someone was telling me that in the lower leagues and grassroots, all the good referees just get bullied out of it. They get abused. And there's not enough protection for them, essentially. So... There, there isn't, you know, there doesn't seem to be like a new crop of referees coming through. And I do wonder if it's because they're not protected enough in the lower roots. But anyway, the overall point was that I just think each week I'm seeing different incidents, right? Like I'm seeing one week like a penalty for a handball. Same incident next week is not a handball. It's just, just I, I do understand what you're saying that what happened in the box with City, that's different because that's in the box. And obviously that you've got to like 
look at that properly and review it. But um, discretion changes. It's the referee's discretion that changes in the box, and I think that's normal. Yeah, yeah. And I think, but I think that's the thing for me is just like why is there so much inconsistency in the Premier League? Like we, we've been seeing it week in, week out. VAR is in the controversy as well. So I, I don't know. But in terms of just this game going back on track, so. <laughs> If, if you have Mitrovic and Andreas, obviously you're going to play them. Um, whatever the metrics might say in terms of like that it could be nil-nil, which it could. I do think Villa are like a caged animal is what I'm saying. Like they're on their ropes. They're, they are like potentially about to sack their manager. Mm-hmm. And I question if that kind of means that they're going to have a lot more fight in them or they're just going to capitulate because the players don't want him. So I think normally when a manager gets sacked, they've lost the dressing room. And this game will be very telling for Gerard. It will be basically like, if the players don't show up, it's because they don't really want to play for him is what I think. And they're trying to get him sacked. This happened at Chelsea. It happened at Arsenal with Emery. It happens normally whenever a manager loses, um, you know, the back back the back room. But um, yeah. what do you think long-term then for Fulham? So I wouldn't be looking to invest in Villa assets going forwards, but long-term for Fulham, Andreas just seems way too good, especially if you got him a 4.5 to ever be removing from first on your bench as an option for when there's maybe injuries and suspensions going up to the World Cup. Unless you're looking to play a five-man midfield and you want to upgrade him and have a dead third striker, I don't see a world in which you'd sell Andreas. Is there a case for Mitrovic? Because I think Mitrovic has some good fixtures still, even after game week 13. But I had a look in the last two fixtures before the World Cup. They're not that great for Fulham. And part of me was thinking that could be an exit point for Mitrovic, where for the last two weeks you punt against him. And that's what I'm potentially looking to do. So I'll tell you what the fixtures are very quickly. Mm-hmm. So he's got Villa now this week, obviously, at home. He's got Leeds away, Everton home. In game week 15, he's got City away. And in 16, he's got United home, Man United home. So part of me was thinking for City away, Man United home. I could see myself going for another striker just for a couple of weeks. Like if Skamaka's nailed on and he's playing every week, West Ham have great fixtures, right? Mm. So that's my thoughts there. My thoughts is still that Mitrovic is fine and he's probably not going anywhere in the short term, but there is a small opportunity of an exit point just for two weeks. I don't know. I I, I still think... I, I don't envision a time, unless a barring injury or suspension or anything like that, I don't, I don't envision a time where Mitrovic is the biggest problem in my team. So to be moving him out because he has a tough fixture, he's... He, you know, I got got him at six five, six six. He's still only six seven. It's just it's just too good value, and and he's and he's he's, a, he's an aerial threat. He he can come through in, in any counter attack. He's the focal he's the focal point. Like when Fulham sit back in a shell, it's route one to Mitrovic. So anything that happens is gonna is gonna be through Mitrovic. So I don't know. I, I maybe on wild card if people are considering a different path, a different way forward, maybe a different structure or something like that. I could see maybe you want to upgrade Mitrovic. Um, I, I could potentially see that, um, but I, I still think his his value is too good. Even you know th- this matchup um, with Fulham one point four five net xg compared to Aston Villa one point three four. Um, it's quite neutral, like you said. Strong chance of a of a one one in this one. Um, and but Mariners FDR actually likes Villa more, likes Villa attack somehow. Um, 2.0 positive for attack for, for Villa and only 0.5 for, for Fulham. Um, but I think I think Mitrovic is is a staple. Uh, 
he is in my team at least. Well, I remember we when we did the roast my team RMT stream before game week one. There were some teams that had Mitrovic in their game week one team, and they were going to bench him at Liverpool. And we said we didn't want to start the season with him, but if you were, we would not be benching him. Exactly. Whatever. And he got 13 points in that fixture, so in the 2-2 against Liverpool. Um, yeah. I think for me, it's a bit different. I got him at 6.9, so he actually costs 0.2 less now than I paid for him. Mm. So it's like, it's a sli- I guess it's a slightly different scenario for me. And I would still keep him on the wild card. It's just for those two tough fixtures. Because you've got to remember, I'm wild card for four Mitrovic? Yeah, he's 6.7, and I got him at 6.9. He went up to 6.9? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So he's dropped a lot since I had him. But um, I guess my point is, if I'm wildcarding in 13, right? So I'm not going to make a transfer in 14. I'm going to have two free transfers in 15. Mm-hmm. My team will be two weeks old. So yeah, like you're right. Like I, I won't have any problems. I'll just have a guy who's great, nailed on penalties, plays great, but he plays City away, United home. And like... Mm-hmm. United home is not a bad fixture. It, but... It's not. But when I compare it to say, like I had a look at, um, I think it was Newcastle. They have Southampton away, Chelsea home. I guess, yeah, yeah, that's not great. I'm swapping them, and they, but it would have to be someone who has great fixtures. I think it was maybe yeah. West Ham Skamaka. I think that was the one. So, like, if Skamaka is still looking like he's the starter, which at the moment he very firmly is at West Ham over Antonio, it's like changing of the card situation. Yeah. He has Crystal Palace home, Leicester home. So he has two home fixtures: Crystal Palace and Leicester. And I'm like, okay. I could see myself doing that if there's like nothing else wrong with my team two weeks after mm-hmm. the wild So it's, it's, yeah. it's a fun. It could go wrong, but I yeah. think him, it would be a very much a fixtures play. Yeah, it's a fixtures play and, and there's definitely reason for it and you'd have to weigh it with, you know, the benefit that that gets you somewhere else, like the, the kind of player that it allows you to bring in elsewhere as well. Um, but I, I would say that they have di- very different roles for their teams, whereas Mitrovic is, is just very much just the, the spear the, the, the talisman that we talk here. about is yeah. the talisman. You want the talisman from each team in FPL. is not the talisman. It's still Bowen. Skamaka's presence there, even as a hold-up player, is to open up space for Bowen. Um, he he will get his. I think Skamaka is a good player. He's very interesting. I think he's like six foot five or something like that. Um, but um, but I I'd want the talisman. Yeah, no, that that's I think very fair, which is why I ran it by. On that note, Solanke has Leeds away, Everton home in those weeks. So I'm, just, I'm just looking at who's around, who has fixtures. But um, let's go to Leicester Leeds then on that note. So obviously Madison's out. Mm. I think whether you have a wild card or not in 13, I would be looking to sell him this week. Um, he has City, I think, two weeks after that in game in 14. I'm, I'm, yeah, I just feel like everything that he is the talisman at Leicester talking about talismans. But I think with that yellow card and the suspension in this game, which we obviously wanted him for, for most of us, like I don't have Trossard in home to Forest. Like I can then wildcard him out when he plays City in game week 13. Is it just to me, it seems like a no brainer to be bringing in um Trossard because, yes, I'm taking a minus four, but otherwise, I'll be getting zero points from Madison. And as long as Trossard gets two points, we were saying that like, the floor is minus two, but yeah, I could, I could see a world in which Trossard gets at least a goal or two goals against Forest. I agree, so, I, I think that's an easy one. I'm chasing a ceiling there, basically yeah. a high ceiling. I'm hoping, um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, Just uh, let's uh, take a moment to to shout out another new member, second new member of the show, Claire FPL. Thank you, thank you so much. Really means yeah. a lot. Thank you for supporting the channel and for being here live with us on this Sunday evening as we wrap up game week eleven and swiftly move into game week twelve in two days. Um, 
if you do want to join the discord you'll see a lot of this data a few days in advance normally as well and there's lots of different chats and rmt channels and we chat to the kind of 30 strong community there so have a look at how to join uh, the discord uh, you need to create a discord profile on the website rather than the app ideally because i think it causes issues in the app and then afterwards you go to your user profile settings and then you go to connections and as long as you log in with the same google or youtube account you've become a hauler with on youtube you'll automatically arrive in the net that whole discord so let us know if you get stuck and dm one of us on twitter and we can help you out um Hi as well to FPL Routine, who's tuned in. And Sankos says, penalty takers are fixture-proof. Just talking about Mitrovic there. So, great. So, Leicester, you've obviously shouted out Dakar as an option there. I still think, based on what we've just said about Talismans, I think Solanke, at a similar price point and not having that rotation risk, I still think I'd go for him over Dakar at this stage, just with Vardy's threat being there. I know Ian is a forgotten man, but he, he's still there somewhere. Like, I don't know what happened after the end of that season he had two years ago. He's basically been unused by Rogers. So Rogers, another guy who was close to the sack, but he seems to be surviving just about. So I don't think he'll be the next one. Leeds. I've seen some people who already have Trossard moving Madison onto a Leeds midfielder. What are your thoughts there? Because I think there are obviously some exciting options. You've got Sinistera. He might be a bit too pricey for some. You still have Aronson. There's Harrison, which we know Mariner got earlier this season. Rodrigo played up front today. Yeah, I mean, what I'll say on Vardy, so Vardy and Daka are the opposites. Vardy has started one of the last five games and Daka has started four of the last five games. So I don't know that there's that much of a threat. I think the threat is that they they play in every game so that they, they won't play a full 90. And that's the that's the downside to Daka. But I think I, I don't think Solanke plays a full 90 either. Um, you'll have to correct me on that if I'm wrong. Um the, the FDRs are, well, NetXG likes Leeds over Leicester here um, uh, with, uh, with the shots model goal predictor as well. Just, uh, just favors them actually a fair amount with um, 20, almost 25% chance of two goals for Leeds, whereas Leicester only have about a 19% chance of two goals. Um, so, yeah, plus about 6% for, for goals for Leeds. Um, Mariners FDRs, on the other hand, are are quite even. Um, 0.6 attack to 0. 0.8, 0. 0.6 attack for Leeds to 0. 0.8 attack for Leicester. Well, what's different in the in Mariners FDRs is the central matchup for Leicester. That that 4.7 really stands out, and then that that brings me back to that that Daka pick. Um, yeah, but it's, yeah, especially this game week. But regarding the Leeds midfielders. I don't know. I, I have to say, I don't. I, I think they. I, I don't see anything consistent through anybody except for Sinisterra. And like you said, Sinisterra's. I think he's maybe 0.5 million too expensive compared to you know similar assets. So, um, but but I think for for those like in uh, interested in the vibes, I think Sinisterra is is a fun pick and and could get something here. Um, but this is this has like um, again like goal probably goals in this game one or two goals for each team in this game. Whichever way it goes, I mean, it's kind of tough to predict. And just on that, we've got some people in the chat as well. Um, Peter, I think, as well, he said he's just finished reviewing Arsenal-Leeds and he's talking about how good Leeds were at home. Um, obviously, they aren't at home this week, but he says, wonder if they can bring that over with them on their travels away to Leicester midweek. And I think your net XG probably agrees with him, whereas it is a bit more neutral in Mariners FDR. 
Yeah, yeah, and just a just a shout out, teacher. He's about to record his hundredth pod of this season, just this season. I'm just telling Claire, you don't need to have actually signed up to Discord with the same uh, Gmail or email that you have for YouTube. You mm-hmm. can kind of sign up to Discord with any email, but once you have signed up, you just need to. Um, I've sent some chat uh, chat in the comments. You need to essentially um, in the Discord account go to user settings and then connections. And then there'll be a YouTube section. And when you click that, it opens the YouTube or Google overlay. And it's in there that you need to log into your same Gmail or same YouTube account that you've used for the membership on YouTube. That will add you in automatically. So let's finish the matchup. Let's go to the data. We're at 1 hour 24. We're going to get to the questions in the chat as well. So these are the game, game 12 matchups in whole. For anyone listening on podcast, we're at 1 hour 24. If you want to come to the YouTube and just see all the matches this week, both from an FDR away, uh, so attacking-wise, defensively, the zonals, left, center, right, and the headed matchups as well. They're all on one very handy slide at this point. So anyone who wants to just see the picture and maybe you're using it to make a decision on who to buy, I think the top ones this week we see for attack, it's actually Brighton against Forest at 2.9. It's Newcastle versus Everton at 2.8. Liverpool versus West Ham at 2.4. And Villa against Fulham at 2. There's kind of a big drop-off after that. Um, the next one is United against Spurs at 1.1 and kind of drops significantly from there. Defensively, it's not looking good for anyone. Born, uh, what is it? Brighton Forest, 2.5. Dunk Sanchez owners there. That's an option, I guess. Bournemouth, Southampton, 1.5. Got Liverpool, West Ham, 1. Southampton, Bournemouth, 0.9. And then, again, there's a lot of negatives and sea of reds. So, um, is there anything here that kind of screams out to you? I guess for me, it's just that maybe Wilson with that 2.8 attacking FTR is actually a better shout than trying to shoehorn in like a Liverpool striker to partner with Salah when I'm going to captain Salah. Like, just don't put all my eggs in that one basket of a game that might not go so well. Yeah, that I, I mean, it's, it's lined up there pretty nicely, even even with the headed the headed matchup lines up nicely as well um, for, for Callum Wilson there across the board. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the green for the attack, all the green on the attack side and all the red on the defense side side really shows that it's, um, it's not really the time for defensive transfers. Like there's not much defensive upside out there. Um, unless you are maybe, I mean, for this game week, obviously you mentioned a Brighton, a Brighton wingback, for example, maybe Solly March attacking that Nottingham Forest left-hand side, I think could get something. Uh, a, a double return here. If, if you're making a defensive transfer and it's for one game week, I, I think um, I think Sully March could be. Um, wait, he's a, he's a midfielder in the game. That's isn't the problem. He's a midfielder. I was just checking yeah, if he is mind. a midfielder, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's a midfielder. So that's not. Yeah, great. It's, on, it's on a different platform. That I'm playing. Yeah, yeah. gets subbed early. I think Dunk is the man. Um, for me, so someone actually asked earlier in the chat. I'm going to find the question now and just answer it now so in the q a section because i'd said that i wasn't going to sell james um so originally my plans were kdb and um jesus to salah and wilson i was going to do a minus four for james to dunk to get 11 players out but with madison's yellow i've prioritized my minus four for madison's trossard instead based on this i don't see enough upside for me to take another minus four because although yes i've said it's a minus two like if brighton keep a clean sheet that's a two-point game if he gets a goal, okay, it's eight. But like, I just don't see that. So yeah. I also already have Sanchez. So I'm like, I can just play Sanchez to cover the ownership of the Brighton defenders against me. And then I have Justin, James Justin, who I'm going to play instead of Ward. 
So I'm going to have my one Leicester defender, but it's going to be my defender, not my goalkeeper. And I'm going to have my one, you know, Brighton defender, but it's going to be my goalkeeper, not the defender. So I'm like, I'll just feel 10. I'm good. Like these FDLs especially give me more confidence now that it's okay. Let's not go for a minus eight, like just to get in dunk. Like it's a bit pointless. And there was some appetite for maybe Trent or Robertson. Mm. Not great. It's one. The third or fourth best defensive fixture, but I can't do that. Not when we know that Trent's just come back from injury. Robertson himself had just come back from injury. Simicast is there. There is Champions League in a week's time. And these guys, Liverpool, have the shortest turnaround, we said, between 11 and 12 and 12 and 13. So, again, like a minus four for that. Yes, I'm dreaming of like the old Robbo Trent Halls, but I, I just don't think it's worth it. So, I'm willing to play 10 players. And when I wildcard in 13, that's when I'll sell James and move him on. So, that's my thinking there. Um, Anything specific on the zonals? Um, I guess we've covered it in the matchups individually as we went. So let's yeah. go keep going. So FDR long range. There's obviously for anyone who's thinking about like buying an asset that they can hold on to up until the World Cup. So these are one hour twenty eight. If you're listening on podcast, it shows you all the fixtures for attack and defensive FDR all the way through from gaming twelve to sixteen. So you can see these last uh, five weeks of the season so, until the break. Just um, some some standouts here. It, it is kind of hard. It may be a little bit difficult to see because there's a lot of, a lot of information on here. Um, but just uh, some standouts from 13 from to 16, uh, especially for this is this is instrumental for people like you, Nima, that are looking at that wild card in game week 13. We have for attack, obviously, um, the best is always City at 16.9. Uh, Liverpool at second best at 9.0. Then we have, what is that, Spurs at 6.3. Then Arsenal at 6.2. Um, in defense, uh, the best ones are City at 6.7. And then look how much worse the defense is, right? City at 6.7, Spurs at 6.5, and then everyone else is is kind of below three or other than West Ham. So West Ham's worth noting because they're 5.4 for attack in that period and 3.6 for attack, so so for defense. So yeah. th- there are options there. But when we looked at Emerson, I had a look at him after we spoke earlier, and he got subbed at half time, I think it was. So or 59th minute even, even worse, um, just before a clean sheet was possible. So, yeah, I'm not sure on that. Attacking-wise, though, Bowen looks good. A Spurs attacker looks good. Doherty is 4.6, I think. He's pretty cheap. Um, it was very telling when he came off. I could see the way Conte embraced him. So, and he's come out in the presses after and said, the Doherty of last season, you're finally back. And I think Doherty did an interview himself recently where he said he wasn't at his level. He's becoming back from like a knee surgery and like it's taking him a long time to get going. And I think Spurs fans, as much as Emerson offers defensively, he completely disrupts their attack. So with those kind of attacking FDRs and defensive FDRs for Spurs, I do wonder about Doherty being quite cheap because Yes, he might not start every game, especially after he starts these two while Emerson suspended. You'd expect Emerson to start in 13. But going forwards, if he continues playing the way he is now, I can't see how Emerson Royale like keeps him out. And it's a very cheap punt to take. And again, it's like from a team with these kind of FDRs versus the alternative, which is buying a 4 million Emerson or buying like a dunk or buying a Gahey. Um, it just feels like for a similar price to these 4.5 million assets from these bottom half teams, I could be going there. Um, that's, that's something I'm considering. There is Perisic. He's a lot more expensive than Doherty. So I think that's where the potential excitement comes for me. But yeah, he's one to watch for now. I'm going to see how he does. But honestly, if you if anyone saw that, when he got taken off and 
the way Conte embraced him and the glowing praise he gave him in the press, I was like, okay. Like, Conte is, like, hugging him. They're both all smiles. There's a lot of body language. I was like, he, he's very happy with him. The Spurs fans are all over the timeline. They're all like, oh, my God, like, our attack finally looked good from the wing-back position. <laughs> like, the Emerson Royale isn't there trying to cross the fucking ball. <laughs> so, yeah, so as much as it hurts me to say it as an Arsenal fan, I think he, he is someone I would consider. Um, Kane, as we said, has only blanked in one fixture this season. He came week one. Takes a long. He definitely takes longer. Haaland is going to be in most teams. Like it will be ludicrous not to be at that ownership and that attacking FDR. But people have been talking about having one premium. I don't think that I can do that. Which then kind of leaves me in that Salah versus Kane argument. And that's where I'm kind of stuck. And it's like, which one would I go for? Because the models prefer Salah, but Kane is there. He's doing very well. And with the rise of a lot of these budget players, like say Billing we were talking about, Andreas who's doing quite well, there are cheap defenders like Doherty, White, Gehi. Maybe, just maybe, you might see me go absolutely mental and somehow try to slap out a freemium just for the... No, you're not going to do it. You might see it. A Kane, Salah, Haaland freemium. You might see it. I'm going to see... like the def- I had a look. The midfield looks fine. The defence looks very light. That's for sure. It's, it's basically like one of Trent or Cancelo. For me, it's Cancelo. And then like four cheap defenders where like two out of the four play every week. But I think the upside from like that could be enough because it's not like I don't need like James and Jesus. I can have Gehi and Kane. That's what I'm looking at. Because like, that, that, with James out, like, you know, it's basically two positions that are changing. I mean, James and Jesus adds up to less than Gehi and Kane. But I see what you're saying. I, 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 I get the point. I think... Um, it's yeah it's it's just about their allocation of resources and 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 that that's that's the the standard argument against the freemium if you're only if you're not captaining them then but to your point it's for a short period of time you're not saying you're going to do this for the rest of the season you see an upside here i i I think it makes sense and looking at the fdr kind of uh supports that i just think it's a very difficult decision between kane and salah long term like this week i'm obviously going to buy salah i'm not going to get kane against united away but um Going forwards, those Spurs fixtures look great. And like I said, it's Spurs' best start to a season since 1963. But but maybe in terms of points, but not in terms of style of play or shots or XG or goals or anything like that. And then that's what we need for FPL points. It, to go like on a, you know, more sustainable underlying numbers, which we've not necessarily seen from Spurs' style of play. And you're extending yourself on a freemium basically to get Kane into your team. And what, what you're going to get from Kane is consistency, this consistent like eight, nine, seven points, something right around there, right? Um, and I get that. Um, but you can get that kind of consistency from Foden and from players like these as well, uh, even at times when healthy from Mitrovic. So... So I I I can I, I see the logic behind that strategy. I thought about it on my wild card and ended up not going in that direction just because of the it it, it I felt it left me a little limited in, in my flexibility. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's fair enough. Um and I think as I say, like at the moment that's not my plan. There are people like I think FPL teachers on a freemium, Kane, KDB, Haaland, and he says at the moment, if you don't nail the cheap assets, it turns very sour quick and that eight million bracket hurts you. So, so that, that's definitely something to bear in mind. Let's um, keep going to the captaincy metric then. So this is obviously the main question here. We've been debating all show, like whether it's a Brighton attacker in Trossard or whether it's Salah. 
We'll see Trossard is very high on the metric at 95. For those listening on podcasts, obviously, um, he's here 98 Hall versus 57 percentile for Sadler. It's, you know, it's, I guess the minutes is a bit skewed because of Sadler's early subs recently, but I don't mm. expect to see that. We know Salah's a very fit player. He had his rest in the Champions League. I expect him to play these games. It's very important to keep building the momentum of that good result today against City. Returns, though, Trossard, 90th percentile versus 55th percentile for Salah. Form, 90th percentile for Trossard versus 65th for Salah. The FDR, you know, the best FDR of the week is Trossard at 100%. Salah ain't far behind. It's the third best FDR, 90%. Newcastle's the second best FDR, so you've got St. Maximan who's obviously injured, but Wilson snuck in at the 95th percentile FDR there. His halls have been lacking. But um, everything in the data would say Trossard. It's just how much do you back the data over what you're seeing? And it's kind of that. And from what I'm seeing, like seeing a player get a six-minute hat-trick off the bench to then go on and get the winning goal against City. You know, like I don't see a world in which I could go against that. And captain, like maybe it's price bias again, but to captain like a 6.7 million midfielder from Brighton versus Salah, like I, I don't think I could do that. He's at 80 on the metric. So that's 15 points lower, which is what? Maybe the biggest gap we've ever seen from... The first and second pick in the captaincy metric, is that right? Mm. It's quite the it, it's quite the difference. He's, he's quite higher up. And and the kind of the two categories that are most important to us in the, the hall and the return category is what's dragging Salah down. But at, like you said, you know, at, at the same time, you know, Brighton have zero goals and like 40 shots in, in the last two games. And Salah has a hat trick in six minutes, <laughs> so so I, I don't. It's it's really tough. Um, but looking at this, when in doubt, side with the metric. I, I guess know. if you didn't have Salah and you have no De Bruyne to get to him and you have no plan to get to him, mm. I wouldn't be like doing what people were suggesting in the chat of taking a minus four to sell Kane down to Solanke to then turn Madison into Salah. I would just do Madison to Trossard without the hitting captain Trossard. So I think it's yeah. it's very team dependent. And I guess if there was ever a week you could captain Trossard and feel a little bit okay about it and not sick in the stomach, it would be this week at home to Forest. Um, and as teacher says, we need to respect West Ham defense a lot more than the porousness of Forest. Um, I think I said it earlier for anyone who missed it in the show. Like prior to last week, like Forest had conceded eighteen goals in six games. Like six of them were against promoted teams. They just conceded to Wolves who. That was their fourth goal of the season. So it's like, I don't think it gets much better than this. But again, for me, I will be very much captaining <laughs> Salah. I'll be happy to own Trossard. I am excited to see what Trossard's EO will be going into the game because I think it will be very high. I think mm-hmm. people were previously considering captaining Madison potentially. However, with him out, they're now going to move to Trossard. All the people who can't get to Salah. I think Salah was 15% ownership of my rank, so... Yes, it will go up a bit, but Trossard's going to go flying. Like he's he's going to be getting close to one hundred percent, I reckon, this week ownership wise. I don't know. Salah, so Salah has ten um, percent more owned than Trossard. Trossard's at seventeen point seven. Salah's at twenty seven point seven. So Salah's fifteen percent EO though, where I am. So I'm looking at the, the actual ownership, effective ownership, where I was, and Trossard was a bigger threat to me this week. So Trossard oh. was. Um, so I'm having a look where they are. Maybe, At your rank? Yeah, that's the thing. It's also different. I'm, I wonder if at top 10K, 
has stabilized more. Maybe next week onwards, I think we can use top 10K EO because it's stabilized. Apparently, everyone in the top 10K has generally only used their one wildcard, whereas obviously a few weeks ago, they would have used like every chip. So yeah. it does seem to have been stabilizing. So maybe the top 10K EO is a bit more reliable than it was before. I'm just looking at Salah. But, but you're right, the uh, the EO uh, around our ranks, like in the 100,000s, what, whatever, is much lower for Salah. So Salah is 27.7 owned uh, in the game, but only, what, 10.7 owned around my rank. Yeah, so 14.8% owned at my rank. Yeah, so it's very much like he's not, like his EO is not high. And like KD, what about, what about uh, Trossard? Trossard's more highly owned than Salah at my rank. That's what I'm thinking. I'm just looking for that. But looking at De Bruyne, he was 41% at my rank. So like, you know, let's say all of those people turned to Salah, like it's still not going to go up that much. Um, Trossard, because he didn't get returned, he's he's 17.5% at my rank. So he's still like 2-3% higher EO than um, Salah at the moment. Hmm. With Madison getting the yellow, I can see many people going to him. So I just feel like... And then you add the captaincies... There's going to be some I've seen who are going to captain Wilson. They're going to captain Solanke. They're going to captain Trippier. They're, they're all options. And Wilson's on here. The rest of them, Solanke, Trippier, I wouldn't be condoning that as a captaincy this week, yeah. um, personally. But, I, think, I, think, I think Wilson is an interesting one. He's uh, dragged down by the minutes. And then the halls are dragged down also by the minutes. He has fewer halls because he has fewer minutes. Um, and, and then the form. So it's like those three things that are dragging his uh, captaincy score down here are all related. They're all related to the minutes. You increase the minutes and all the other things increase and he could be up there close to Kane, just five points uh, ahead of him. So I think Wilson is an interesting differential shout. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, let's go to the questions. We're at one hour 40. I just want to cover some of the questions we start from before, a couple of questions in the Discord. So we go to Shiraz's question. So one hour 41 for the timestamp, just so we remember later. So Neko Williams to Trent and Bowen to Trossard for minus four. So I would not be taking a hit to sell players that have a fixture in a blank game week personally. I don't know what the rest of your team looks like. Maybe it's the best move for you, but not in a million years I would be looking to do that move personally. I mean, we're going to do quick fire this section, but yeah, um, I think Seahorn yeah. said to them, Shiraz, keep Bowen if you can, get rid of someone else. Um, I, I just, yeah, I, I just can't see it. Like, because I know they can do Bowen to Trossard for free. So they're obviously hoping for the Trent Hall, but I wouldn't be going for that. Like I could see West Ham getting a goal there as well. So I wouldn't take a hit for that. Um, Need a Neko replacement from Adam, Dunk or Webster already have gay. I'd personally and, get Dunk over Webster. But 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 again, I wouldn't be like selling, I wouldn't be using a transfer on a player that plays because as we said, Aurier was not in the match day squad on Saturday. I don't see a world in which he can start on a Tuesday if he's not even in the match day squad personally. Like you know, Neko could get negative returns. We could get zero if Trossard gets four goals. But, like, again, I just think there must be someone else in your team. Like, Jesus is the price he started at the season. Like, I would even just do the hokey-cokey Jesus to Wilson, buy back Jesus if you want. Or because he's got four yellow cards and gaming 13, move to get to, like, a sacker as your second Arsenal attacker. So, mm. uh, yeah, again, I, I just don't like the idea of selling players to have fixtures in a blank game because just something I would not do. Um, obviously, your risk appetites might be different. So, don't let me put you off if your gut says you need to do it. Istiak Hussain is going to captain Kane. So some of these aren't questions, they're just comments that were throughout the show that I thought would be good to pull up. So Captain Kane, I think the metric doesn't have him too far down. He's obviously third here at 75. So 75, yeah. Yep. I, I, I I like that. I, th I think he could do something there, but 
it just depends on the tactics on the day. So if you missed that, go back to the timestamp for the Tottenham United matchup. We have... I'm considering doing Haaland to Kane and De Bruyne to Salah. Would that be crazy? Um, I don't think it's crazy. Um, Haaland will cost you 0.4 million to buy back. If if you can afford it and you're willing to stomach that and you, you believe that owning both Salah and Kane this week will be worth those points, you uh, the, the value you lose in your team, then sure. But I'm sure Salah the Sunray also asks later, like, should I captain Firmino or Salah? So... Definitely, your name is Salah. You have to captain Salah, man. Don't do this to Salah. Don't don't betray your boy. Um, Kaftan, Madison to mount for minus four. Um, I think Madison out for minus four. I think that's perfectly fine. I assume they already have Trossard. Mounts looks very good in the new system. He's much more attacking. He's getting returns every week. He seems to be back to playing his best football. And the World Cup is around the corner. He's going to have that on his mind too. So... I like that, but what do you think? I think Chelsea's fixtures are obviously they do face United at some point before the World Cup, but except for that game, hitting hitting any fixtures going forward, hitting and mount against Arsenal doesn't feel good. I don't know. To me, that no, no, he's not got Arsenal. What's that? But as in, so he's got Arsenal later on. But yeah, like he doesn't have him now though. Like who, I think who? to get the fixture this week, pretty good. Oh right, right. Who, who does who does Chelsea play in twelve? I forgot. Brentford away. Oh, I see them score. That's right. Yeah, uh, my bad. I had the wrong schedule of the wrong game day up here. Um, yeah, I, I I like Mount a lot actually uh, against Brentford. I think that's a, that's. He a does solid. have the United. He has United at um, Stamford Bridge in thirteen, Brighton away in fourteen, Arsenal home in fifteen, Newcastle away in sixteen. Um, thirteen and fourteen. Yeah, I think there's a few good fixtures there. I, I really like Mount. Um, I think you could be getting there ahead of the curb. Aki was talking about Madison to McAllister instead of Trossard um, and then Mount for captain. Let's go. Don't think there's anything wrong with the Mount captaincy. If you really want, he doesn't show up high in the metric, but that's probably because the metric's not caught up with the change in tactics and what he's doing for the team compared to what he was doing previously. Mm-hmm. McAllister, that's a bold shout. McAllister's great in Sky Fantasy. He got points for like shots, tackles, passing tiers. You don't get any of that in FPL, so not for me. And he's playing further back with uh, yeah, under Serbi than he was under Potter. Exactly. So Salah and Solanke for Madison and Kane. Again, I. this is the move I think I was referencing at boss where I was saying I would probably just not do that because I'd want to keep Kane. So I'd probably just do Madison to Trossard or Madison yeah. to Mount or something like that. I, I couldn't do it. Um, I told Chris, I think, already why I'm keeping James. I just don't see upside in the defenders. I have Sanchez in goal. I'm not going to take a minus four to make it a minus eight and get dunk. Salad Samurai, what do you guys thoughts on Awobi? He's been getting into good spaces. I think Awobi looks like he's transformed. Um, his career has revitalized moving into the center position, playing as like an eight. He's very good for Everton. If you ask Everton fans, they say he's one of their best players in recent times, including the end of last season. They're trying to offer him a new contract. I don't see him as an FPR asset. Um, again, in fan tracks, which I play, he gets loads of points. He hoovers them up for all of the good actions he does in the game of football. But I just think that there are much better value assets available. Um, I wouldn't be looking to get him. I can see why he's asking because Everton have great run of fixtures um, going into the World Cup. Saka or Foden without bias? I think that's just a different question. So for me, that's not even a question. Like Foden is going to be in my team no matter what. Like he is my De Bruyne replacement on my wildcard. Um, 
question is for me, Saka or Jesus, I think it'll be wild to not have two Arsenal attackers going into this period. I think in the last 10 games, Arsenal have scored three plus goals in six of them. So there's very few teams. I think City's the only other team that's been getting like three plus goals a game. And for context, Liverpool have scored three plus goals in one game, the 9-0 against Bournemouth. So yeah, like at 8 mil, I just can't see why I wouldn't want both of them. The only mm. time I wouldn't have is if I had Jesus instead. Jesus' four yellow cards make me think of Saka. Saka's recently shown he is on penalties, which we were thinking he was, but now we've seen. You know, he took a penalty at 2-2 against Liverpool. Um, I think without the five yellow cards looming on his head, I want them both. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know, like, what you're going to do, but if you've got to pick one of them, that's got to be Foden for me. And that's with bias aside. Jude was talking about potentially playing a free hit, but they could take a minus four and play 11. I would take the minus four and play 11 or just play with 10. Um, I think there's so much upside in having a free hit later in the season, especially because every team has a double game week to be rescheduled because of the Queen's funeral. There's going to be FA Cup quarterfinals that need to be rescheduled as well. And when you come to your second wild card, I always find like my biggest gains in the season are kind of like wild carding into a double game week where I can bench boost. But then typically the blank game week that follows it is all the teams that you brought into the wildcard to bench boost. So you actually have no one playing in that fixture. So to maximize like the gains and be able to go all in on that bench boost through the wildcard the week before, you need that free hit in your pocket to cover you in the week where you then have maybe three players out of your 15 playing. So I just think there's so much more upside. I think the models say you would want a 30 point gain from your free hit. I don't think from the FDRs we've seen this week that there's necessarily a 30-point gain to be made on a free hit when you can get to 11 players anyway with a hit. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all the questions. I'm just sure if there's any more before we go to Discord. Um, there is one, which is, is Trent back on anyone's radar following his appearance today? Great run to the World Cup. Um, and I think there was another question later on about Trent as well. What are your thoughts there? Um, he came on as a sub today. He seems to be back earlier than we were expecting. Hard of still have a yeah, I'd avoid. I think obviously he's much cheaper than he was, but I don't think I could be going there at this point because the way my team is, like I can only have one of Cancelo or Trent at the moment. And Cancelo is the one like I really want. So it's like to get both, I'd probably have to sacrifice one of the 8 million mids. Like I couldn't have Saka and Foden. And I ask myself, like, is Gahey plus, you know, so is um, Trent plus Billing going to outscore you know Cancelo plus Saka <laughs> I'm just looking at like what what the, I don't know what the prices don't add up there but as you can see that's my example um I think Trent like when I wildcard I'll see if I can tinker him in but for people who don't have a wildcard I don't know if I'd be ripping up my team to get to him and not for a hit this week yeah I agree it's like a Trent and Billing or Cancelo and Trossard kind of I guess that yeah, that okay. that, yeah, that, yeah, math, yeah. that math doesn't work out exactly either, but it's closer. Uh, but no, yeah, I I don't think uh, Liverpool defense is is something to target yet until we see kind of some, some systemic consistency in their tactics and individual consistency in in their defensive technique from Trent, from Van Dijk, from all of them to be perfect, perfectly honest. Yeah, so then let's okay, let's quick fire these. So FPL Josh, um, he's actually got 715 points, 88 this week, using wildcard next week, flying through the season, probably already in the top 10k. Big congrats Definitely. to you, mate, doing fantastically. Um, he asks best 
I guess it's defender, I think, under 4.6 million, Botman, Gomez or Dunk long-term. And, well, the fact that you say you're going to wildcard next week, I, I, I don't think you should be buying a defender long-term this week before the wildcard. Um, I would just get Dunk for that Forest fixture and just play him this week and then reassess on the wildcard whether you even want to keep Dunk, which or I probably Dunk wouldn't. Or, Dunk or Anderson. I think either one are... Choose your... Yeah, Anderson's an option as well. Yeah, choose your poison. Um, we have any other final ones? Question: How many Arsenal midfielders do we buy? They and their FDR all look so bloody good from FPL teacher. I think Saka and um, Martinelli, like they're, they're my picks. Um, it only leaves two spaces in your midfield though, which for me is Foden and Salah because I don't want to sell Andreas. So. It limits you. If from a structure perspective, there's other midfielders like Mount you want as well, it might be better to try and just hold on to Jesus despite the four yellow cards. Xhaka mm. is there as a five million asset if you really want like a fifth. If you're playing like a three five two and you want to play like Xhaka as your fifth mid every week, maybe. But um, I'm not sure he's worth it over Andreas at that price point. I, I think he is, actually. I think Xhaka is well worth it over Andreas is, and is the best cheap cheapest asset like the, the best value at the cheap asset that you can get, I think, is is Shaka. But I think you might you brought up a good point earlier, Nima, that um he he blocks you from if you obviously everybody has, you know, is doing the game right, has Martinelli, um, unless unless he was sold on wildcard or something like that, which also makes sense. Um but if you're if you're thinking Martinelli and maybe Saka, you're not gonna like Xhaka would block you from Saka. Yeah, exactly. And like, even still, like, I like Ben White at 4.5. I'm keeping an eye on him. So maybe I just go Saka, Martinelli, and Ben White, who, who's still cheaper than Xhaka. Um, anything else here? Salah, Solanke, Trent for Kane, Madison, James. Again, selling Kane, who plays on a minus eight to get to Salah, like, I, I guess the minus eight for Trent, really, because you could potentially, you know, could do a minus four and still get to Salah somehow. But um, I don't love it. Maybe it's just my bias against Trent and then I'm going to end up telling you don't get him and wildcard him in. So I don't want to put you off it. But minus eight is a minus four this week. If you plan on holding them long-term and you don't have a wildcard, then sure. Um, just remember that, as we said, like Kane's only blank once this week in game week one, this season in game week one, and he has great fixtures straight after this game. Um, so just depends how much you back Salah. Um, if you were ever going to take a minus eight, this is the week to take it. Uh, do you feel Salah from Sam Williams for KDB as a go? I'm making that move. Um, yep. 100% for me, I'm going to captain him too. Sankaras, hold on to Marshall or sell him for maybe Welbeck for a minus four. So I don't know what Marshall's prognosis is, but obviously Ronaldo and Rashford were playing striker between them. If Marshall's missing this fixture and you can't get 11 players, I'll probably minus for him for someone. It wouldn't be Welbeck, but I'm assuming you've said Welbeck because you can't afford Wilson. If you can afford Wilson, I'd go there in a heartbeat. I'm sure Marshall and Wilson can't be that far apart in price. Um, but yeah, I'd be looking at Wilson, especially with the FDR and on the capacity metric. I don't, I don't think I'd be going near Welbeck personally. Samos, who's the best forward replacement? So again, I think Wilson's the best forward replacement. If you can't afford him, I'd probably still pick Solanke over Welbeck. And then last question from JGFD. Trent a good transfer or too much of a minutes risk? He's a big differential if he plays. That's true. But we said that game week 11 to 12 is the smallest turnaround of all the teams. is for Liverpool. Same for 12 to 13. Um, there's Champions League the week after that midweek. I just think it's a bit too early yet for Trent, but he's one to monitor. And then let's see some of the 
recent comments that have come in since we've been answering these thoughts on Chacron wildcard cycle. Yeah, so I'm considering it, but I'd only do it if I kept Jesus. So it'd be like Jesus, Xhaka and Martinelli. But I'm leaning towards the Saka Martinelli team and there's no way I'm going to have triple Arsenal midfield and block myself from all the great midfield assets out there. So we'll reassess when we get to the wildcard, which I'll turn on on Tuesday. So I'm sure I'm then I'll, I'll be on the timeline telling you what I think. Um, Salah's my boy, just to KDB to Salah. Yep, I'm going to do that move as well. If James was your minus four, worth the pump for, mine, for one week. Yeah, yeah, like, so James was going to be my minus four out originally, but it's just because now Madison's out, I'd rather do the minus four on Madison. I don't want to go all the way to minus eight when I have Sanchez in goal, minus eight to get James to dunk. It doesn't feel good. Um, but if James is the only one that's your problem, I, I would minus four him out for a defender. It would be dunk for me, but as you said, Anderson's a great option as well. So, Daddy Bot, would you take a hit to get Foden and Saka in game week 13? Yeah, for four sure. weeks. I always say it's more likely to pay off the more weeks you give them. So the earlier you do that, if you're sure you want those players, the better it is um, to do it sooner rather than later. Trent plus Solanke versus 4.5 defender plus Jesus. I think I still prefer 4.5 defender plus Jesus. That could, I don't think the Doherty's not 4.5, but it could be like Doherty or White plus Jesus. Um, I've just, I need to see more from Trent before I'm willing to kind of invest that 7.3 million or whatever it is now. Solanke's great, but I just think it's one of the situations where it's hard to compare just two positions in your team. I always find it easier to see like all 15 and see what are the weak links. So something I'll just give a tip, like the way I look at transfers, is I don't look at the players I want. I look at the players I want to get rid of. So like I never look at like, like I have a watch list of these are players I'm watching, but unless it aligns with the players I'm trying to get out, I have an out list. Unless it aligns with the ones I'm trying to get out, I don't force it by removing players to then get those ones on the watch list. So if like, there's someone I definitely want out from my team, then that aligns with someone at that price point in my watch list, that's when I'll move on that. And I find that that helps me stay patient and stick with the picks I have for the longer term and not necessarily just jump between them and miss the halls in between. So that's just the way I think, but everyone plays differently. Yep, non-inebriated subjective assessment of Liverpool, yeah. So I did think you'd be happier this week, Chris. Um, I had, a, I was very happy with Liverpool. They're my second team, if there was ever such a thing. I'm a big Michael Owen fan. Uh, Salah or Firmino to that is Salah for me. Need to go Welbs to afford Trent in game week 13. Okay. Is Welbs much cheaper than Solanke? Like, can you just get Solanke instead? Firmino two-week punt? Yeah, why not? Um, just obviously keep an eye on Yota's injury and... If he's unlikely to be back for the midweek, then for Welbeck, maybe, great. Yeah, if it's just for two. So what, what for Welbeck? Sorry. Um, is is it affordable or is it quite I, a big I difference? Like, I like Welbeck better more than Solanke. Better player. Just for the fixture as well, I guess. Fixtures better. Zonal matchup. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, would you do James and Patterson to Robbo or and or Trent and a Wolves defender for a minus? To hold on to Haaland, Jesus, Martin. I'd, I'd rather bench Haaland than Martinelli. Sure, I would just... I would sell Jesus for Wilson this week and go back if you want. Like, I still prefer that than getting, like, a Wolves defender personally. Um, I know Wolves don't concede much, but they're just not a very exciting team. They don't even have a coach yet, right? They're still trying to get Nuno back. Like, they're literally playing without a manager at the moment. Um. I wouldn't be taking a minus eight to get a Wolves defender personally. Like, I, I just 
I don't think they've looked very good this season. Um, I think the upside in points from like Jesus to another striker for this one week, it then also gives you the option of going to a Saka and getting out of Jesus if you're worried about those four yellow cards. So it's an option to do something you wouldn't normally get to do. So mm-hmm. I would be looking at that one as your hit. Um, and then Trossard's last two games, there was five Brighton players with better attacking stats. Do I read into I, I I wouldn't read into stats from a two-game sample personally, but um, I think we said earlier in the show I was a bit worried. Yeah, I was getting a bit worried the way he was uh, playing the last two games. But I think based on the matchup they have against Forest, we said that Trossard should be able to do very well in this um, just because of the way they tactically set up and how Forest set up in their formation. This is going to be a good week, hopefully, for Trussard. So, yeah, I wouldn't look at that too much. We're going to wrap up and get out of here. I'm conscious there are some Discord questions we've not answered from DG Boy, Daddy Bot, Dom, at FPL Teacher, and Devinder Raj. I think maybe what we can do, Gabe, is we'll just reply in Discord directly in the coming days before the deadline um, because we are two hours in and it probably makes sense to get out of here so people have a chance to listen to this before the deadline. But thank you for everyone who's been very interactive in the chat today. Really nice to have so many of you here live with us. Um, I hope we managed to get through all the questions in the live chat. I think we covered nearly everything that was asked, which I'm sure if you go to other YouTube channels, they would not be answering every single question and going 40 minutes over just to do that. So, you know, we love the community. We do this because we love it and yes. we love all your support. And thank you again, everyone who voted for us the Football Content Awards and helped us become a finalist in the Best in Fantasy Football Creators category. We will find out next month on this day exactly, 16th of November, where they'll be making it into the top three in the podium finish or not. So we'll keep you posted, but thank you so much for all your votes. If you enjoyed today's episode, hit that like, hit subscribe. If you're on Spotify or Apple, leave a review, please. Honestly, we appreciate all your support. It's been great to have you all here with us live, but good luck in game week 12. May your arrows be green and we will see you all next time. Take care. I think we'll be back on Thursday. Yeah, you and Marin will be back Thursday. I think it's like a more UK afternoon time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So we'll put a tweet out a few days in advance to make sure you guys know what time we're going live. But I will be missing that one, sadly. But um, yeah, I will be watching back and maybe I'll try to jump in live on the YouTube chat and just watch along while I'm out. But have fun, guys. Good luck next game weekend. We'll see you all soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.